0: Hey, Taisei. Hey, Alex. How's it going? Um, bad. Because of what's going on in the Stanley Cup finals.
1: Ah, is that the only reason that you're feeling sad? Or is there something deeper going on beneath the surface?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'll save that for my hypothetical therapist. No, I'm just kidding. Everything's good. Everything else is shiny. I love the summer. It's great. Except the only thing weighing on my conscience is this freaking, uh... This Stanley Cup Final series, and man you know what? What you talk about bigger things. It's my inability to call anything correctly in the sport anymore. Just completely lost it. That's what's affecting me deep down. Yeah, you completely lost your touch.
1: Um, yeah, I was gonna say you mentioned you liked the summer. First of all, I'm uh, obligated to point out it is technically not even the summer yet. It is still the spring, June eleventh. Thank you very much. And also, I must, uh, you reminded me of the the fires going on near us. Um, which aren't actually very close to us. I, right. Have you yeah. have you noticed a dip in air quality? Because I got a, in Dollard, things seem pretty normal.
0: No, I haven't. Uh, I think we've been lucky here on the island of Montreal, or we haven't been as hit as hard. Um, but yeah, no, I uh, that had slipped my mind, and it is indeed quite depressing to have all this, the end of the world upon us. Don't be so dramatic. <laughs> Am I is it is am I being overdramatic? Yes, it is it, not yet the end of the world. I'm talking about the impending doom, you know. Maybe it hasn't arrived quite yet, but it's a long form story. I feel I can't tell if you're talking about
1: humanity or the Florida Panthers anymore. It kind of feels like it's it's molded <laughs> into one.
0: You know, I, I i i was I was talking about I was talking about the everything at large, um, mm. but the Panthers sure are helping. I'll, I'll say that.
1: Yeah, well, I'll tell you, one thing that is making me feel better is that the Florida Panthers are losing 3-1 to in the Stanley Cup Final. You know what they say, uh, one man's trash found is another man's hash brown. So, uh, <laughs> <What>? <laughs> so you we know, one saying, the thing that makes you sad makes me happy. So, yeah, so we got three games that have happened since Game 1. Vegas in Game 2, shit kicked the Florida Panthers. I think the score was 7-2, to two, made me very happy. Made me even more confident that Vegas' victory is incoming. Florida, of course, you know, I got to admit, when they won game three and the way they won game three, you know, the way they win, won very often in the playoffs, which is in overtime. Well, I think they're, what are they now, 7 0 in overtime in the playoffs, something yep. like that. I don't think they've lost. 7 0. Um, they did that again, and then I'm thinking, oh, you know, if Florida, if they can manage to pull it off, it's going to be. Close game after close game after close game. And when game four was close, when Florida made it close, you know, they made it three two. I was I wasn't so sure. I was thinking there's at least uh there's a pretty decent shot at the Florida Panthers managed to to pull off the tie. And if they tie this, they are going to win. And they almost did it near the end. I got even though Matthew Kachuk, you know, that time had run out, but I was thinking for a second, oh he's gonna he's gonna score again with, with no time on the clock. But it didn't happen. Because unlike the other teams The Florida Panthers have faced in in these playoffs so far. The Bruins, the the choking Boston Bruins, the choking Toronto Maple Leafs, and the Carolina Hurricanes with the coach who doesn't even believe they actually got swept. None of them measure (laughs) up to the Vegas Golden Knights. The cream of the crop, the best of the best. No team as deep, as balanced, uh, as complete, and with as great of a goalie as Aiden Hill.
0: See, why, man, have we have moved the goalposts on these Golden Knights? No, like, you know, like, I feel like, so, like, you know, people knew they were a good team. But to say they're the most well-balanced and all that, delusional, they, you know? They 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 won the Western feet. Conference. Sure. But are they, were they better than the Bruins? No. Okay. And were they, you know what, were, did they have more talent than the Oilers? One might debate that, you know? Um, I think... Do they have as good top end talent as the avalanche perhaps not uh I don't know I think I think over the last month I will give credit to them they have executed extremely well um but you know do I if they if I if I, if they were to do this again you know if we were to run, run a round two right now of the entire playoffs would I pick the golden Knights no I absolutely wouldn't you know my opinion of the golden Knights has not changed so much you know very good team well built don't completely understand their success. And over the last, you know, what, two months now, they have executed very well. But I don't think it's, a, you know, over, overly sustainable execution.
1: I disagree with you so hard on this. I don't understand what you could possibly be not seeing with this Vegas team. Because, okay, so sure, sure you no, know what I'm not seeing? Performance, this, a,
0: this, a bit of a, well, sure, what are you not seeing? Exactly. Me? The, the goaltending, that, that's where I'll start with point one. You know, Aiden Hill... I'll give him all the credit he's due for this last series because he's been, you know, fantastic, more or less. Um, but you know, do we trust Aiden Hill to perform? Or see, like, are they going to go into next season? Like, obviously, Logan Thompson will be helping and everything. Or and you know, Aiden Hill's a UFA. But like, if if you're a team looking for a goalie, is Aiden Hill the guy that you're you're going to put your faith in as a starter?
1: Absolutely not. So you, it feels like a, it feels yes.
0: look-y. Okay, may I
1: may I call back to our our preseason episode? where we had this okay. exact same debate. Uh, I said the Vegas Golden, they had three question marks in net. So the odds that one of them would hit and you know be able to bring this team to first in the division, which was all I had predicted at the time, um, I thought were, was pretty good. And that's exactly what ended up happening. Uh, they got lucky in only in the sense that Logan Thompson and Laurent Bressois and Aiden Hill uh, have all been Uh, Had taken their turns being excellent over the course of the regular season and playoffs. But if you take these three, you know, three goalies, you would probably before the season have started, you would have thought of them as like, oh, maybe like three pretty decent backup goalies. And you throw them all against the wall and say, what are the odds that you know one of them come playoff time can be a solid enough starter to bring an otherwise excellent team to the Stanley Cup final? I would say those odds, I would have said those odds are pretty good, and that's exactly what ended up happening.
0: Yeah, I, you know, I, I, I see, I wouldn't, I don't buy that approach. You know, I think, you know, you don't want to overspend a goalie, you don't want to spend too much, you know, I get it. Maybe you're, maybe you aren't, you know, maybe some people aren't completely sold on like, you, you dump all your money in one guy, but like, this, this throwing shit at a wall kind of scenario with like, two, three, four, you know, perhaps average or slightly below average backup goalies, backup caliber goalies, like, y- y- I, I don't think that's a, that's a strategy you can you can make sustainable over an extended period of time. You know, like yeah, it worked out I for say, the biggest golden eyes this I, season. I
1: have to interrupt you and point out the fact that they're they're gonna win the Stanley Cup like in a few days.
0: <sighs> yeah.
1: yeah. So I don't know what you're talking about sustainable. Like, just, is it sustainable over the course of several seasons? Like, who cares? They're gonna they're about to win the Stanley Cup. So, right now, what we have is a situation where Vegas, you know, they're up 3-1 in the Stanley Cup Final, and here we hit record on our podcast, and I'm expecting we're going to talk about, you know, how how great the team is, and how they proved you wrong, and you're still, you're you're sitting here at 15 wins out of 16, and you're sitting there, your (laughs) arms crossed. I don't buy it. I still don't buy it. This team isn't any good.
0: No, I never said this team wasn't any good, you know? Um, Are they better than Florida? A hundred percent. Yes. Like on paper. And I would, you their know,
1: plan their plan that you didn't like it, it's worked. You've lost their plan worked. Yeah. So all your thoughts that it might not, you, you were wrong. You've been proven wrong. Now
0: you're right. You know, at this time it worked now, maybe it doesn't, maybe they lose three straight and maybe it doesn't completely work. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not holding the funeral just yet. We might be close. You know, last, last gasp kind of, kind of vibe, but not there, but like, Oh, that's the thing I wouldn't see if I were running a team, would this be my strategy? in terms of goaltending, absolutely not. So, like, you know, it worked out, and good for them, it worked out. And, you know, part of it is they are ex- an extremely solid defensive team, and I'll give them credit for that. So it t- totally helps their goalie out in that respect. But, like, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I just don't agree. It worked out. I can't deny it worked out. Look where they are right now. Um, I just disagree with the philosophy, and maybe that's why I'm not the general manager of the Vegas Golden Knights. But, uh, yeah, just I'm still also awesome. mystified.
1: Yeah, also keep in mind it wasn't their plan. Like Robin Leonard, it was quite late in the off season. They found out he was going to miss the whole year. And so that kind of boned them. And they went out and acquired Aiden Hill as like a, a supplement to Thompson and Brossois and kind of crossed their fingers. But, and I was, you know, before the season, I was like, still might work out for them. You know, they've got a great team all around everywhere. And I think, I got to admit, after these playoffs have turned out, I think even I underrated uh, the makeup of, of the rest of Vegas' roster. I, I especially look at uh the four centers they have. Um, Jack Eichel, Chandler Stevenson, William Carlson, and Nicolas Roy. I don't know if there's a better a better one through four in the league uh, than than those four. Uh, yeah, I mean sure you could you could weigh that against Mick David and Dry and Rando and Rando. Um, but in terms of the depth, uh Vegas's forwards, I don't think anyone matches up. Uh, the fourth line with Roy, William Carey and Keegan Kolasar, uh, has uh, I mean dominated their opponents' fourth lines all the way through the playoffs. The third pairing has stepped up. Um, they even though you know Florida managed to expose them in Game Three a little bit, get Matthew Kuchuk out there against them. But in general, on the on the, the grand scope of thing, on the grand scope of things, uh, this Vegas team right now doesn't have a single weakness, which is practically impossible to pull off uh, in the Cap era. There is no dead weight one through 20, one through twenty on the entire lineup.
0: See, look, I, I agree. It's not, you know, there's no necessarily dead weight. There's no big liability on this team, and yeah, that's a relative rare. Here you go.
1: Oh, Vegas isn't even that good. Is that what we're about to hear again? Oh, you're gonna talk about oh, oh Vegas? Yeah, I still don't buy it. I don't believe it.
0: Yes. Yeah. You, you know, like okay, look, the floor is the floor is nice and high with this team. Like you said, there's no there's no complete duds. There's no Jack Johnson. There's no you know whoever and whatnot, kind of sinking the team. But you know, the ceiling of the team, if, you know, everyone's everyone's performing to their to their absolute ceiling right now, which is you no, know, absolutely to their credit. They're they're executing as well as they can. Um, but to, to sit here and say, like, this is some crazy well-executed and well-built team, I think is, is pushing it too far. I think if you want to give that title, you give it to the Boston Bruins. That was an absolutely insane roster, right? And yes, did they choke? They absolutely did. But I think to look at the roster construction, you know, I think Vegas has built a very good team. Full credit. Like I said, no big dead weight. But, you know, is, this, is the ceiling as high as some other teams out there? It's the Stanley Cup. That's the ceiling. What are you talking no, about? No, I'm talking about like if the if the Boston Bruins were playing to their absolute potential, right, and it had not choked. You you look at you know lines had, one to four, deep one to six, you know all that. Who would I take? I would still take the Bruins. Is that, man, is, that the, is that the most insane take? It's not. It's just that now's not the time.
1: Like they were eliminated three rounds ago. We're yeah, supposed to be enough. talking about how good the Golden Knights are because they're gonna. Oh man. I don't know what's what, what's your you just. Is it still? Does it still come down to you? Just every single player on the Golden Knights you underrate. Coincidentally, that could be it. But I mean, sure. Yeah, every player is playing to their best. Yeah, that's always the case when when the team wins a Stanley Cup. You know that practically everyone on the roster is playing at their best. Uh, and the way you get, you got to get to the point where you have a team that's good enough that when everyone's at their best, you can win the Stanley Cup. So you 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 never really get a point where it's like, uh, like, can you pinpoint a single example where you can say, oh, that team completely lucked into the Stanley Cup? Like, no, everyone, if you look at any Stanley Cup team, they probably had a decently high shooting percentage, decently high save percentage, uh, and some players, you know, scoring above their regular season rates. Uh, and, and too bad. That's part
0: of it. That's part of how you win in the playoffs. Right. But to that point, you know, I did send you a text this week with a, what is it, all-time playoff PDOs, right? Uh, and Vegas right now, I, I don't know, like it's been a couple games, so I don't know exactly where they stand, but they're sitting at currently by far the highest PDO over the playoffs at like 109. Um, so ever, ever. And honestly, it's I think I read that article where that was at, and it was like over really, not even just the playoffs, but over any stretch of similar time, um, like this, what, like, I don't know how many games it's been, but like, you know, 20, 30 game stretch, uh, no team has ever come close to this level of PDO, and that's not, you know, that's not just crediting luck to to the Vegas Golden Knights' success. But I'm just saying, more than usual, this team is, you know, executing to the best of their abilities, and that's that's great. That's great for them. Um, but you know, is it is it the most sustainable thing? Over, you know, like if we were to repeat the season, I'm just saying I, but I wouldn't. T- but I does wouldn't, I, I say the that. thing
1: is who cares? Who cares? Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. You know, this is oh, man. I I can't believe it. Look, this is what's gonna happen. They're gonna win the Stanley Cup, and then you're gonna get on, and uh, next next week, and you're gonna be like, oh, but like it doesn't count because they weren't actually that good. That's what you're gonna say. When Stanley, we always talk the Stanley Cup. That's the time where you know doesn't matter nothing else. You know doesn't matter if you know you were you were lucky or this or that. You know. If you won the Stanley Cup, retroactively, everything the team has ever done was the right choice and it worked. That's the rule.
0: That's the is rule. Is that the rule? That's
1: the rule. Is that the, that's the, that's so, if the, the Florida
0: Panthers come back and win the next three games, this is, this is the line you're going to follow. If the
1: Florida Panthers win the next three games, the Ben Chirot trade was smart because it changed oh, the culture last year and, and shit and whatever. <laughs> that's See, whether or not that's actually what I believe is besides the point, that is the courtesy you have to give to the cup champions. Everything you ever did was correct. Courtesy? To get to this point. Uh-huh. Yes. Okay. Because then what's the because then what's the what's the, even the point of what we're doing hanging around talking about teams, teams trying to do stuff, they're trying to win the Stanley Cup. What's even the point if when they win the Stanley Cup, we don't even give
0: them the credit of having done so? Yeah, but I can like certain Stanley Cup winners better than other Stanley Cup winners. You know? Like I think sure. I can still make that evaluation. And with this Vegas team, you know, that look, I never said they were a bad team. A very, very well built team, especially considering all the success that they've had since they've, you know, since 20, 2017. Now, um, but I just, yeah, maybe I'm underrating all the players. And this is something I've done over the last two months. Um, especially
1: but, William Carlson, my favorite.
0: Yeah, superstar, William Carlson. But yeah, I just, uh, I don't know. Um, I, I don't know what else to add other than, I mean, look, it's, it's a really good roster, and they've, performed very well and uh that that is the congratulations i will i will i will afford them
1: all right that's we're already we are kind of talking like the series is over anyway but honestly i feel like it is i don't give florida much of a chance
0: (laughs) famous last words no Um, yeah sure
1: yeah that comes back to bite me then that'll just make it all the more exciting You know, I was people always saying they're always afraid to, like, you know, count chickens before they before they hatch or whatever. I I don't worry about that type of thing, especially in sports. I mean, mean, in real life, you know, you always want to be careful about some things. But in sports, if a team's winning by two goals, I'm like, game's over. It's finished. And then (laughs) and then if it isn't, then it's all the more exciting that I'm so surprised and shocked. You know, so
0: this is how I enjoy sports. Yeah, Vegas, absolutely. They've
1: got a locked up, signed, sealed, delivered, down <laughs> cup champions.
0: What was it? What was, there was a game I was live texting you and I was like, you know, I just, okay, it's over now. Oh, never mind, It's not over. They're back in it, um, back and forth and back. I agree. You know what? Oh, wasn't this, wasn't this Florida Carolina game four? I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds yeah. about right. Um, but yeah, no reason to be scared about your, who's, who's going to really uh, hold you to your bad takes anyways, you know? um yeah
1: might as, well, you. might
0: as well have them um yeah exactly uh so <laughs> anyways um where were we yeah so yeah oh yeah on to on to what do we think how the series is gonna end and how likely is it that florida comes back yeah they don't they don't look too hot do they um it's vegas has done a really good job at kind of you know really stifling the attack and a lot of the goals the panthers do come away with um it feels like an abnormally large percentage it's like you know a lucky bounce, a fluky play. I mean, you look at that first goal in, in game four. You know the kind of double deflection that they had, um, and things like that. Um, where you know uh, it's uh, it doesn't feel like Florida is really controlling the, the flow of play, even if they do have possession over some stretches of time. It never feels like they're they're overly threatening. Um, where. Whereas you know maybe they've had those stretches against teams like Toronto against Carolina where it's like whoa I didn't expect this coming out of Florida uh, heading into the playoffs and and with that concept concept of what we thought the Florida Panthers were heading into the playoffs um, but you know they credit to Vegas they haven't let Florida like look like the the above and beyond team that they've kind of looked the last two rounds um, for for long stretches of time where you know Florida just looks neutralized uh, for long stretches.
1: Yep. Um... But game three was the one where you kind of worried, like, oh, is Florida getting back into this? And I will admit, like, the one thing about Florida that could be scary is, say, they do manage to win game five, they already have the came back from down three one in this playoffs track record, which not only could provide them with some extra uh, momentum or confidence, um, but gets the would that do you th- do you think that would get the the freakouts into Vegas uh,
0: a little bit earlier than it might otherwise. <sighs> I don't think that really freaks out Vegas so much because they weren't the at the receiving end of that loss, you know. I think if anything, it gives yeah, like you said, Florida that motivation. Like, oh, we've done this before. We can do it. No need to get down on ourselves, right? We did it against you know another world-beating team in the Boston Bruins, um, where nobody thought you could do it. But if you're Vegas, I don't think you know you're like, oh, they did it fucking three rounds ago against a completely different team. We're so fucked. Let's let's hit the panic button. I uh, yeah, I just don't think that transfers. Um, but yeah, the big difference though, let's not forget though Vegas yep.
1: does have a long history of playoff disappointment.
0: That's true. Um, so if anything it'll be it'll be those, <laughs> lo- those those many years of playoff failures that come back to the- but I, it doesn't seem like it's really affected them at all uh, all throughout these playoffs. And uh, yeah, the difference now though, if you compare it with the Boston series for, for Florida, is that Matthew Kachuk looks completely injured, very broken. Um, only played two shifts in that third period uh, of game four questionable for game five still no status update there uh and yeah if he's out or you know just he already looked all of game four basically looked very hampered um i don't see how florida pulls it off because he was the guy who he was the mr clutch and without him you know i struggle to see where where florida generates that over like you know that extra bit of offense that they maybe need to get over the hump to beat vegas and in you know three straight games
1: yeah, I saw uh, a funny tweet uh, a couple of days ago, from I might have been acting the foolerman or it might have been Jay Fresh. I don't remember who, was basically talking about Matthew Kachuk and how you know everyone's talking Matthew Kachuk, You know, uh, what a, a an amazing player, a great great leader, great rock locker room guy. Exactly what every team should want. And then contrasted that, jokingly, to Pierre Luc Dubois, who's a baby who no one should want on his team because he's. An RFA asking for a trade because he doesn't want to sign an extension with the Canadian team, uh, which you'll remember was exactly what Matthew Kachuk was less than 12 months ago.
0: Right. Yeah. I think, what do, what do we think that difference in opinion comes from? Is it uh, anti Dubois bias? Is it that one shift he had uh, what was he, as a member of the Blue Jackets? Oh, really? Well, okay. I, the difference of opinion, well, I think it comes from a
1: lot of, from like every single possible place. First of all, Matthew Kachuk is leading the Panthers charge in the playoffs right now. You know, so right, but- I, we would probably it would be a different story if Matthew Kuchuk like kind of sucked this year and the Panthers missed the playoffs. Um then people would obviously not be talking about him in the light they are now as a as a Hart Trophy finalist. And Pierre-Luc Dubois kind of, you know, if this was the first time he was doing this, I think it would be a different thing. But now, you know, he, you know, wind his way out of Columbus a little bit. Which is totally within his rights to do so, I might add. And now in Winnipeg, he's kind of doing the same thing, even though he hasn't mailed it in on the ice, you know. But he's still like, I don't want to sign a deal in Winnipeg. I want to leave. And on one hand, I can understand how people might think, like, oh, he's doing this is a pattern with him. He's just he's just a baby, and he wants to leave every place he goes to. But on the other hand, the two places he's been to are Columbus and Winnipeg. Is there a single player? besides like Johnny Gaudreau and Blake Wheeler who actually like wants to to be there. I don't think so, probably not. You know? So I I can as it's uh, I can understand how teams would be like a bit hesitant to bring someone like that who's forced his way out of soon to be two towns. Um but I mean from Pierre-Luc Dubois' perspective, I'm cheering him on, you know? I think this is a great thing for for an RFA to to use the little leverage that the CBA gives them before they can hit UFA, uh, to try and weasel their way exactly where they want to go.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. And when I say that comparison, I mean like let's let's take that comparison. Even like take Kachuk before this year, right? Like right after he had uh, kind of forced his way out of Calgary. Like even then, the perception of Kachuk wasn't you know big whiny guy. Maybe maybe only in Calgary were they thinking like the, of him like that. But otherwise, in, in the in the general league at large. You know, I don't think the opinion of Matthew Kachuk last offseason season was nearly as negative as uh, the reputation Dubois kind of picked up for himself.
1: Yeah, and well, I, th- I you know it probably also has partly to do, well, maybe that Matthew Kachuk is you know like Keith Kachuk's son and he's you know Nepo baby. I think that plays a, a, at least a small part in it. And honestly, I think it's partly to do with how with their actual playing styles, the fact that Matthew Kachuk is you know quote unquote. Tough guy who like throw hits and throw a punch and grind out in the corners and whatever, and Pierre Luc Dubois uh, is not uh, actually no that's not even true. Dubois at least in the at least he's been known from time to time to like throw a big hit. But I know Matthew Kajak definitely has that that rat tough guy reputation, whereas Pierre Luc Dubois definitely doesn't. And I think that that plays a role in the perception of their their personalities when
0: they try to to force their way out of town. Hmm. Do you think any part of it is that people outside of Montreal? Don't like it that he's trying to force his way into Montreal, a city that, you know, people tend to, you know, people like to hate the hate the Habs because they, you know, they're like yes, a relatively Anglo chauvinism.
1: I'm calling everyone out. <laughs> That's what we're witnessing here. Okay. Anti French bias.
0: Yeah, like you know, like similar to uh, you know, I'm not the, you know, I'm, I know you're saying that jokingly, but like for example, someone who forced their way to Toronto, similar vibes. Is is that is that a part of it? You think? It's
1: kind of hard to know because when was has anyone ever forced their way to Toronto? Even I can't remember an instance of someone really forcing their way to Montreal, except Pierre Luc Dubois is doing right now. Like I'm sure you know, like John Tavares, that's an example that comes to mind. But he had like a list of six teams that he was talking to, and that was a UFA. He didn't have to force anyone. He just made that choice by by himself. So I mean, uh, an RFA trying to. Even just like uh, refusing to sign a deal and saying trade me is a relatively rare thing, and much more rare for for everyone to publicly know an RFA is trying to force their way to this team. So it's kind of hard to say. I feel like even if Pierre Dubois was like, I'm gonna go to to the Dallas Stars and nowhere
0: else, everyone would probably kind of be looking at this the same way. Really, you know, I think the more I think about it, the more I think the fact that he wants to go to Montreal in particular pl- plays a role in it. You know, in, in at least part of the. Part of the uh the resentment that people have for him. Um, particularly outside if you're, you know, beyond like Habs fans, who are obviously, you know, would be pleased with such an outcome. But like, you know, think about it. Okay, like you think about someone who, like, take Matthew Kachuk forces his way to, you know, Florida. All right, that's relatively neutral opinion. If if someone, if some superstar, alright, tried to force their way to the maple leafs, alright, my heart would be filled with 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 resentment abound, alright, for that player. So and I think the, the, that would be the general discourse, you know, this motherfucker, you know, all the, the, know, all the other uh, people hate Toronto, people, hate the, people hate the Maple Leafs. So I think my opinion, the destination that he wishes to go to, at least in part, you know, people don't like it. I don't know. Cause I think the real thing,
1: it's not necessarily the specific team as much as it's like the childhood team, you know, the team he grew up cheering for He's like, I want to go play there. I want to, I want to be live out my dream, you know? And if I'll use the the Dallas Stars, or why don't I use another team? Why don't I use why don't I use the, the New Jersey Devils? Some some uh, say Pierre Luc Dubois equivalent, RFA. let's say Alex DeBrinket, because now he wants to leave Ottawa, probably. Say he's like, I'm gonna go to the New Jersey Devils, or nowhere, or I'm gonna retire. You know, say I don't even know. I don't think he cheered for the New Jersey Devils, but let's say he did. Alex DeBrinket, New Jersey Devil fan for life. He said, I'm gonna go over to the New Jersey Devils. Play with Jack Hughes, Nico Hischer, whatever. Um, and first of all, I mean, gives the team, you know, no like no leverage, no options, just like Pierre-Luc Dubois is doing. Uh, I know makes Ottawa fans resent him. And I also think makes people around the league go, what are you talking about? You only want to go to one team. That's immature and childish. And I, I would disagree with that. I would say someone's, you know, be like people choosing what state to work in should be a, a generally pretty common thing. Um, but I I don't know I I think maybe because it's in Montreal there's more you know there's more press and more of a circus around it but I don't know if the the hatred uh, is uh, is where that I don't I don't know if that's where the hatred comes from I don't know, It's kind of hard to hard to say
0: hard to gauge yeah but then I think the opposite like what if Austin Matthews like what th- three four five years ago, four years ago now uh, tried to force his way to Arizona you know I think every, I think everybody would be I don't think anybody would be pissed at Austin Matthews necessarily. You know, I think they'd be, they'd be like, you know, it'd be a lot of hubbub. But, uh, would they try to sully the good name of Austin Matthews in that case? I, I don't think not nearly as much as, the, you know, if it was the opposite opposite way around, like Arizona superstar try to force his way here's to Toronto. A,
1: here's an interesting way to think of it. On how uh, good the team is, what that has to do with it. Because Montreal right now is not a very good team. And, most would say they're, you know, on the up and up and should be improving over the next few years. But if Montreal were currently a cup contender, I think there would be way more vitriol and pissed people at Pierre-Luc Dubois saying there and only there. You know, he's like, I'm going to go I'm gonna hop on the on the championship team, you know, like if he was, I don't know. If someone was right now trying to force their way only to like Boston or Colorado or Vegas or Tampa or something like that. It's like, okay, Mr. Lazy Boy just wants to just wants to join the champions and then have all the fun.
0: I don't know. Do do people think like that? I mean like Matthew Kachuk just forced his way to the like 120 point Florida Panthers
1: last year. Right. He, I mean, that's, he had like a list of six teams and it was like, I'll sign okay. a long term with any of them.
0: And Florida gave the best deal. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Uh well, do people hate ring hunters? I know that's a, like a kind of a deal in the NBA and whatnot. You, you, have we really seen that in the NHL though? I don't think so. So this is, well, this that, is all.
1: Yeah. It's because usually when you hear that type of thing, it's some like 37 year old right. vet who's, who signs a league minimum deal. I'm going to get my ring. Not some 23, 24 year old, however old uh, RFA. You could say like, maybe like a star RFA or borderline star RFA, you know, very different context. Um, and uh, yeah, it's kind of, I mean, so what? So what are we talking? Where has our discussion gotten to at this point? Why do people hate Pierre Luc Dubois? Is that what this exactly. has been about? Yeah, that's where we're at. Well, I don't hate him. Me neither. <laughs> Maybe people don't actually hate him as much as we thought they
0: did. <laughs> no, I do. Th- I do think that the general league opinion is quite negative on him, though, more so than a lot yeah. of players. You know, I, and I yeah. think,
1: yeah, and I think there were because Pierre Luc Dubois. I think he gave a list of teams that he'd be willing to sign at least a one-year deal with to walk him to UFA. And okay. there are definitely a, a ton of teams who I think that would be worth it for I assuming mean, the price is right. Boston's been thrown out there because, you know, they've got question mark center UFAs. Carolina, they could probably, you know, use uh, a second-line center. Uh, I have no idea. I don't know idea what his list looks like. Um, but I think no matter what happens, even if he goes to some other stop on the way, feels inevitable he'll end up in montreal at some point
0: yeah at least uh yeah two three years we i think he he, he, he has really committed to this bit right over yeah. two three years now so i i get the feeling he'll really want to see it out um because otherwise you know well, <laughs> he burned a lot of goodwill to try to make this happen right the move to montreal um so oh. You but gotta honestly, think he's the fact that he's that
1: the fact that he started with Columbus and then went to Winnipeg, I could see him going to Boston or Carolina or something. Being like, "This is what an NHL team is supposed to be like. I love it here, and sticking right. around long term there." You know? Yeah,
0: yeah. So I think if you're one of the other teams, right, like uh, the ones that you mentioned, you know, potential one one year destinations for this guy, um, I think you could absolutely still uh, hold out hope. You know, I mean, don't don't go and acquire a guy depending on you know like uh, completely. Really putting all your eggs in that basket in terms of signing that extension, but I think to hold that hope isn't the most unreasonable thing, you know, given his his past destinations and uh, you know l- losing cultures and whatnot that he's been in.
1: Yeah, yeah. As long as he, you're able to talk him down from his current ask on AAV about nine million.
0: Right. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah, you just uh, need to get that to work. So, is there anything else we want to talk about on the on the on the Cup final side of things? Uh, before we move on to uh, potentially more oh, I thought Jets we had already talk. way moved oh, okay. on from yeah. the cup final. All right. That was, that was a very blurry transition. Segway
1: so seamless, you didn't even oh, notice it. Too good.
0: But yeah, speaking of the Jets and disgruntled Jets who seemingly will not sign extensions, uh, the latest update out of Winnipeg is that Connor Hellebuck will not be signing an extension there. Uh, he's got one year left on his contract. And uh, yeah, there's been some grumbling. You know, people talk about trading Hellebuck and whether the Jets would do that regardless of whether he was willing to sign an extension, right? Just because, you know, maybe the contention window isn't quite there and it's best to to recoup as many assets as possible. Uh but uh yeah, it looks like it's it's really they're really being pushed towards a certain outcome. Uh and now the the time is really ticking on Halibuck and Winnipeg.
1: At this point it's more surprising when Jets players do sign extensions. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, like, it kind of is, eh? No kidding. We've
1: been talking for years about uh, whatever strange locker room culture they had. We've seen, you know, especially like Blake Wheeler and Mark Shifley, kind of the, the faces of that locker room and how terrible a job they've done being leaders. Blake Wheeler, you know, had that quote after the Jets lost in the first round this year about like, oh, I didn't like how, how the coach talked about it. He should have been behind closed doors. I think it was a couple years ago, Mark Shifley uh, was like, oh, I have to reconsider my future here, or whatever. Meanwhile, he has like three years left on his contract. He's like, what are you, what are you talking about? And that's that's the tone that's said. And, you know, you had Dustin Bufflin, Patrick Line, Jack Roslovic, uh, the whole Evander Kane fiasco, like eight years ago at this point. Now, next few names: Pierre Luc Dubois, bit of a strange, well, not strange, bit of a different situation. Now, Connor Hellebuck, by far, you know, the most important player on your team is going. on am not sticking around beyond this year, and that one decision in and of itself, I feel like uh, gives the Jets no choice but to rebuild, which I think is could end up being a blessing in disguise for them that they're going to, you know, because they definitely won't have a goalie. If they trade Hellebuck this offseason, they won't have a goalie as good as him uh, next year. And assuming there's no dramatic change to the rest of the roster, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs again. They barely made it this time. And we're probably... Finally, going to mercifully see the end of the Shifley Wheeler era in Winnipeg. They'll be on the way out. Maybe even Kyle Connor. Maybe even Nikolai Ehlers, who they never really seem to like. Uh, we may be on the on the cusp of a, a complete Jets teardown.
0: Yeah, and I and I think it it, it is a blessing uh, if if this does to be the, this is to be the case. Uh, I don't even think really it's it's that disguised um, because you know the Jets front office Kevin Kevin Dayoff, You know they've just kind of been teetering, tottering, kind of trying to walk both roads in terms of, you know, not completely buying all in or anything, um, but not retooling or not rebuilding. Um, and maybe this is finally, after so many small pushes, the the big push they need to to just call it, ship out, you know, Shifley Wheeler, get as much as you can on, on guys like Ehlers and maybe even Kyle Connor, and then uh, restart. And, and see, you know, whether... Because it, it's just, there's, there's something completely dysfunctional within that locker room i don't know if it's organizational or whatnot um but yeah it's just it's just not right to see something's not right to see this many people walk out the door like that you don't really see it with with other franchises um to see an exodus like this and maybe part of it is you know people just don't want to play in winnipeg but you got to imagine you know we talk about that locker room culture and whatnot um i think you definitely uh, as an organization want to see whether it's possible to build that kind of successful franchise um even despite you know the the city uh, and people not wanting to necessarily stay there, I mean, you know, can, can you can you make it successful? Because right now you've had that whole you know toxic locker room kind of looming over you the entire time, uh, really casting a shadow over your plans.
1: Yep. So where does Connor Hellebuck end up? I feel like we've talked about this a few weeks ago, and it's kind of the same teams who really don't have uh, a goalie. My hunch is Columbus. Um, not just because I mean you know they they desperately need a goalie, um, but also because of you know their recent activity this week. Yarmo Kekalainen feels like he's going balls to the wall to make the playoffs next year. Uh, we can debate about whether or not he's doing a good job, but I think even if Halabuk you know if he does the reverse Dubois goes from Winnipeg to Columbus, even if he doesn't agree to sign an extension, I feel like Yarmo at this point is desperate enough that he'll acquire him anyway.
0: Yeah? Wow. You'd think so. Yeah, I guess, yeah, he's in real... We'll talk about that in a bit later, but Jarbon does feel like he's in real, you know, yeah, balls-to-the-wall, job-saving kind of mode. Um, And, yeah, I hadn't really considered Columbus, actually. I was thinking more like, you know, maybe the Kings, the Senators, maybe the Sabres, because uh, they got a bunch of cap based no, no, no. teams like that.
1: No, but, but then No, Devin Levi, he's their guy. He's the mm. guy. No more <laughs> <I> goalies. Think...
0: <laughs> Yeah, uh, you, you, you had that bias, uh, Mr. Levi hometown no, no. guy.
1: Do Le- you see how good he was? He's been he's been, like the best college goalie of all time. That's maybe mm. an exaggeration. <laughs> and then and the NHL looked great. I think all you really need if you're Buffalo is supplement him with maybe a one B and uh, let him uh, let him roll.
0: Interesting. Interesting. Uh, I think that's that's putting a lot of faith in the guy. No, look, I'm a believer just as much as you are. No, maybe not just as much, but I am still a believer. Um and uh but I think if the opportunity arises and you can get Hellbuck, I think Buffalo, not necessarily the smartest move but I think something that Buffalo would certainly consider. Um, and I don't think teams are typically, uh, you know, so so eager to put their faith in a guy like Levi, given his experience. So I think certainly, I think it's a team on the radar. Wouldn't you think?
1: Um, If they're dumb, like, yeah, sure, I guess. But, like, it kind of reminds me, uh, remember when, uh, like, the Panthers signed Sergei Bobrovsky and drafted Spencer Knight in the same offseason? Right. And Spencer Knight, you know, has a few, like, unforeseen hiccups along the way in his development. But it was like Buffalo is all in on Devin Levi being the goalie of the present and future. Like, he is the plan for the long-term starter. If you're bringing Connor Hellebuck for a year and then, like, locking him up to another, like, six or seven or eight, then then you're throwing that out the window, you know? So, I mean, sure, I guess it's not a terrible idea to have two starting goalies, but I really honestly don't think for Buffalo that's the best use of, of assets. I think you'd trust Devin Levi, maybe bring in a, a supplement, maybe an anti-rancy type, maybe an Aiden Hill type. I think that'd be a great fit. Um, and uh, then use your, the rest of your resources to improve your forwards, your defense.
0: Yeah, I, I, I think, okay, maybe not Hellebuck, but I, I certainly think you know maybe even a one A kind of tandem guy because man Devin Levi has played seven games in the NHL. Aiden Hill, um,
1: there's your guy. There's the perfect fit in Buffalo.
0: Aiden Hill, man. Yes, that, uh, I would not have the utmost faith in that team if oh, they were come backstop on. by Devin Levi and Aiden Hill. Come Wrong. over an eighty-two game regular season. Honestly, you,
1: you have the faith. That's I. You basically have two starting goalies there.
0: Are are we really in in Aiden Hill starting goalie territory for for a full season?
1: Yes. Well, no, no. Well, because well, they'll be tandeming probably forty-one, forty-one type of thing. And you'll still have like Eric Comrie hanging out in the minors, Uko Lukanen, You know, if if Aiden Hill like or if either one of them really sucks for some unforeseen reason, you've got some other options hanging around. Who could swoop in and save the day? I think a Levi Hill tandem for next year in Buffalo would be more than capable of finally bringing this team to the playoffs.
0: Man, I think. Look, you put you put Hill and Levi together as a tandem. All right, combined, the most they've played in one season is like thirty four. Cause. You know, well, I mean, yeah, he'll play, in the regular season at least, he'll play 27 regular season games. Levi's played seven. I don't know, like, that, that, that doesn't, such a that big doesn't leap really of faith. bother
1: me for Devin Levi. Like, he was so dominant in college, and he came to the NHL, and right away he looked so calm, so poised, so ready. I'm like, I don't know, I, I trust him. Maybe I'm just a more more of a trusting person than you. I don't know.
0: <laughs> maybe, maybe. Um, Yeah, I think... I think you're you're, you're a lot more sold on Devin Levi than a lot, a lot, a lot of people, based on seven games with a save percentage of 9 5
1: It's not based on seven. It's based on his entire career up till this point.
0: Fair. But if we look at just the
1: NHL. He showed every single sign in college that he was going to be a great starting goalie. No reason to believe he wouldn't be. And then... The seven games in the NHL, the small sample size, seemed to confirm everything we had already seen in his college career. That I've seen absolutely, there's been absolutely no sign in his game for the past three years. Or I guess two years, maybe we'll say, that he wouldn't turn into uh, a strong starting goalie in the NHL. So, so there, right. that's what I think. But
0: like, but like you know, prospect development is is weird that way, right? Like you can have three that's got years Aiden in Hill
1: to 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 back <laughs> him up.
0: Right, uh, and if and if some things go right with Devin, Devin Levi, you've got a guy who's never started more than thirty regular seasons in a in a, in a season, right? Um, I think. Well, the theme of
1: the day is just Tai Se is is naysaying. He just doesn't think anyone's smart or anyone's good. Everyone's bad. That's okay. what you think?
0: No, I yeah. That's that's a that's a, that's a disgusting mischaracterization terrible <laughs> I, will, I will not be painted in oh, this it's a
1: distortion of your ideas
0: yeah this is this is i've never had my words twisted in such a manner um despicable uh but no uh i you know i i just i don't see it i don't buy it look i'm not saying he's gonna i'm not saying if they did do it it's guaranteed to fail i'm just saying it's a lot of risk you're taking on for a team that seems to really want to make that jump uh to you know the playoffs at least
1: Devin Lee, he's their best chance at making a jump to the... or what else are they going to... Well, I guess what you're arguing is hellabuck But honestly, I think, like, look at all the... He is already, I think, the best goalie they've had since Ryan Miller. Like, Robin Leonard, like, was no good for them. You know, what did they have last... Remember, we were, we were laughing our asses off last offseason when they were going into the season with a tandem of Craig Anderson and Eric Comrie. And yet, they somehow managed to hang around the playoff picture. And they were both sub 900. Devin Levi, I I don't think that will be the case. And so I think they're going to make the playoffs next year with him as playing the most games.
0: I, first of all, will not stand for this Linus Allmark slander. All right. Oh, um, yeah, I forgot. Well, I mean, yeah. He, yeah, he had that one pretty good season with Buffalo. Sure, whatever. Yeah, he had two good seasons with Buffalo. Yeah, you know, rocking oh. a nine fifteen one one year and then a nine seventeen the next year. He was uh, great. Lenus was a, was a superstar remember that was that was the whole thing like you know we all believe that Linus allmark behind a good team would be awesome and then you know he won the Vezina this year um not officially yet but he will well yeah basically um but yeah I you it's just it's tricky with prospects you know like things things go wrong all the time people have 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 great years after great years and then you know you take a dip doesn't mean it's the end of your career but it's just like you know, is this the all the eggs? That, you know, is this where the basket where you want to put all your eggs in um, for the Buffalo Sabers? I think that's tough. I think you know, you it's well, it's the thing you said last year, right? It's best to give them an extra year of development. You know, it's best to extend it as much as possible without giving them you know the burden of being the starter, right? And I think I don't think there's anything wrong with doing that with Devin Levi either. You know, if you really think he's a big deal, what's 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 so wrong about you know? not put giving him the full starter or even tandem role uh, for this season and you know give him a smattering of starts give him maybe I don't know 15 20 games see how he handles that and then maybe he takes a jump the year after um, i think he just hasn't shown nearly enough in the professional leagues to warrant being given that title
1: yeah i don't i see that what i say in general i think you know when in doubt you bring the prospects along slowly I don't think there's a, a sliver of doubt that Devin Levi is ready for the NHL. So I don't th- I don't think sending him to the AHL or something would would be of any benefit, you know? Because I don't it's a different th- thing we had with, you know, the whole Carter Hart debate when he was like twenty years old. Uh and the Flyers called him up too early. Uh and then, you know, he was great. And then, you know, we saw we've seen the past few years he's been up and down. Uh, but Carter Hart, I think, you know, in the AHL he was like, you know, doing pretty well in the AHL, Devin Levi has torn apart the NCAA uh to the point where I don't think there's there's any doubt left. But do we want to spend more time on the Devin Levi debate or go back to Connor Hellebuck? We can go back to Connor Hellebuck.
0: Um Okay. Yeah, we'll consider that matter arrested. We'll see what the Sabres do this off season. Yeah, we'll see. Um, only time will tell that I was exactly. right. Exactly. Okay, we'll we'll see about that. <laughs> um and me, I
1: will also tell that
0: I was right. <laughs> that's right uh, but uh, yeah any any thoughts on maybe Ottawa another possible destination I
1: think, uh, yeah I think Ottawa I think they'd be I mean I don't think Pierre Dorian really has a choice after last summer to really try to go all in again uh, try and you know bring this team into the playoffs and they've had you know they've had goaltending hasn't really been a, a problem for them I mean it's been unpredictable you know kind of a bit of a, a revolving door But the goaltending in general, you look at the numbers; like it's been it's been fine. Um, But if any team, I think, could use, uh, or I I guess any GM specifically could use a star goalie to drag an otherwise mediocre team to the playoffs. Plus, a full year from Josh Norris wouldn't hurt. Um, and Jacob Chikrin, a full year from Jacob Chikrin, I think. uh, I think Ottawa is it. Ottawa should. uh, You know, the the funny thing though with them is they've been. uh, They went from having a million draft picks to trading away all their draft picks in the span of like a year, you know, uh in the DeBrinkert trade in the uh the Jacob Chicken trade. And now DeBrinkert wants out too, uh which is a, a whole other thing and there, I imagine Pierre Dorian will be wanting not futures but present players to help Ottawa maintain their uh, you know, their their drive for the playoffs, their drive for their unprecedented run of success. So I think I think Winnipeg will get quite a healthy haul for Hellabuck because there will probably be a lot of teams in Ottawa, Columbus, L.A. Pittsburgh, I think, will be calling probably with Tristan Jari uh, as a UFA. I'm sure Carl Dubas will be saying, well, can I I get the upgrade? Uh, And Buffalo maybe will inquire if they mistakenly lack faith in Devin Levi. Um, Maybe even the Devils, if they're not sold on Vanacek and Schmeid, which is certainly a possibility. Um. So yeah, basically, what I'm saying is, there will there will be no shortage of of suitors.
0: Any any chance you think that they hold on to Hellebuck this year, the Jets?
1: <laughs> there's always a chance. Yes. Yeah. There's, al- there's always a chance that, and not not necessarily as a we're gonna go all in with this group, but even as a we don't we're not getting the deal we like, so we're gonna wait until the trade deadline, which would be an absolutely terrible idea. Um, especially for for a goalie like Hellebuck because the thing with with goalies is the good teams come to the trade deadline already generally have a good goalie so they don't need a new one. And the bad teams are not looking to buy someone whose contract expires at the end of the year. Um, So the only way you would um, be able to trade Hellebuck at the deadline and do well is if uh, you allow him to negotiate with other teams, uh, which isn't uh, impossible, but it will drastically narrow the 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 pool that uh that will be bidding on Hellebuck. because in the off season right now you got a ton of teams who are gonna be looking for goalies and in, in the middle of the regular season uh teams are generally either like you know we have our goalie who who's you know no longer a question mark um and so you know we don't need one or uh you know we aren't even interested in getting one now because maybe we're, we're tanking or you know we're not in the playoffs so I think Winnipeg they don't trade Connor Hellebuck before the season starts it will be, a
0: failure. Yeah, unquestionably. I mean, the market will never be as good as it is now, right? Not even just uh, in terms of demand, but also just cap-wise, right? It's, it's just so much trickier uh, to fit that kind of contract later down in the season. Um, so, yeah, well, we shall see where he ends up. I think, yeah, at this point, the the, the likely scenario is that he does end up moving. And, uh, yeah, that'll be a drastic shift in uh, kind of the, the goaltending landscape within the league. Uh, just because, yeah, Hellebuck is that good. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's that's what's up in Winnipeg. You
1: off know what could happen? Some... Yeah. This just occurred to me as I was looking at our other topics and trying to think of a, of a transition, so now here yep. it is, um, which is that if Kevin Chevalier off is really that delusional about his team's chances at contending for the Stanley Cup, he could trade Connor Hellebuck, turn around, and acquire Carter Hart, thinking that he could rebound and be as good and uh, be his great starting goalie.
0: Hmm. I see. Uh, yeah, that's a that's a big possibility because uh people were talking about Carter Hart. Uh, yeah mostly because there was another trade that Philadelphia sold. A big asset. Nailed it. Um <laughs> Oh that was that was that was abysmal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh yeah, speaking of the Flyers, uh, and trading their big players. Uh, they uh, shipped off Ivan Provorov to, yeah, we thought we briefly mentioned this earlier, the Columbus Blue Jackets, Kekalainen going all in on this great roster that he's got, uh, acquiring Ivan Provorov. This is a, a three-team trade. Lots of fun. Um, with uh, Yeah, so LA got involved too. So what we had, uh, at the end of the day, I guess I'll break it down by team, what each team gave up and received. Uh, so Columbus got Provorov for first and a second, basically. Uh, the Kings got Kevin Conaughtten uh Hayden Hodgson retained two million dollars on Provorov uh, I think for this year and next uh, for for a ge- offloading Cal Peterson uh Nathan Walker prospect Helga Grand, Sean Walker was that Sean Walker my bad yes. uh Helga Grands the prospect uh, drafted uh, what three years ago now and a second round pick and uh Philadelphia acquires said Sean Walker. Grands, that second round pick, and Cal Peterson, uh, in addition to that first and second from Columbus, uh, for, for Kevin Connaughton, Ivan Provorov, and Hayden Hodgson. Where do we begin?
1: Alright, let's begin. There was one funny confusing detail about this trade um, because the first round pick Columbus sent to Philadelphia was LA's first round pick that Columbus had previously acquired in the Gavrikov trade. So it, it kind of Looks like the Kings sent a first-round pick to the Flyers, which is not actually what happened. But anyway, let's start with, with the main, the main team here, which I think is safe to say is the Blue Jackets. They, uh, they're the one acquiring the, the main player, Ivan Provorov. And what we have here is Yaroslav um, Kekalainen trying to save his job, trying to, trying to make the playoffs. It acquired Severson later in the week. We'll talk about that there too. Um, Bought uh, Lowe. On uh, a player who, uh, I mean, well, I guess one one funny thing people were saying: uh, Happy Pride Month, Flyers fans. Danny Breer traded Ivan Pororov. Um <laughs> and jokes like, "Oh, of all the players, I would have expected to be part of a three-way with other men." <laughs> Ivan Provorov wouldn't have been the person I would. But anyway, um, so Ivan Provorov, you know, he got off to a great start in his career, and it was looking like he's going to be the the big number one defenseman on the Flyers for their. For their unprecedented run of success. Not to quote Eugene Melnick, uh, to the, about the wrong team. Um, and then over the past few years, you know, it's gone downhill. Especially last year, he was playing such heavy minutes, always against the top opponents, getting caved in. So I think almost definitely playing on the second pairing in Columbus behind Warenski, he is going to be better. Um, and I think very reasonably worth uh, the the four point seven two five cap it. I think that's. Uh, certainly a possibility so in general I mean we can talk about off ice stuff if we wanted to but in terms of the player evaluation I think Columbus is they did okay in terms of you know getting the Kings to retain and all that um giving up the the 22nd overall pick especially in a good draft it's kind of like uh, you know stings a little bit especially for a team that probably should be you know kind of you know, holding on to those draft picks still. I mean they did just finish like like third last in the NHL, um or second last actually. Um, but that's not line has been on this job for, for ten years, has won a playoff round, uh, and uh is probably approaching his uh the final countdown of his career, so he's uh so that's what's that's what's going on in his head.
0: Yeah. Look, I think not of his great. career, of, of his job, yeah. Yeah, this trade stinks for Columbus. Um really? mostly because it is just a job saving measure. And you look at you know what what asset is going to be most likely to be more useful down the line? Is it this these first and second round picks, or is it Ivan Proval? When you look at the Columbus Blue Jackets, the vision, right? It's like when are they going to reach their when are they going to reach their prime? When, when is their window potentially going to open? It's not going to be this season. and next when Ivan Proval you know has this contract left. It's it's beyond that. And what's more likely to help is it Ivan Provorov, uh, given his you know declining uh, career trajectory up until this point, uh, his age, and just yeah, and his general usefulness as like a you know middle pairing guy, um, or is it you know potentially someone who you pick in the twenty second you know twenty second overall, uh, in addition to that second round pick, I think you know yeah you, you look, look at the value, it's not so bad maybe for a team that's uh, you know maybe on the bubble or whatnot or bordering on you know, wants to do something in the playoffs. But for a team like Columbus, I mean, okay, I understand wanting to make a jump and whatnot. Uh, and okay, maybe this is the first step of the rebuild, but it's like, this is not the move you make for that, ti- that, that, that time. And it's just like, it feels like Jarmo is hijacking the team for his own purposes, right? Which is to save his job. And with that in mind, I think it's kind of a disaster. It just, it doesn't feel right given the place that this franchise is at with their roster and their development and all that. You don't need Ivan Provorov right now. And if I'm a uh, secure Columbus Blue Jacket general manager, I would much rather the 22nd overall pick, even if it is, you know, yeah, lottery picks are, uh, you know, draft picks are generally a lottery, even in the first round. But it's like I'd much rather, I think that has a greater chance of contributing to our contending window than Ivan Provorov with a two-year deal. I bet I can tell you how
1: the Columbus front office is looking at this. We basically traded Vladislav Gavrikov and Jonas Korpasalo for Ivan Provorov.
0: Yeah, when you put it that way, it's not the it's not the worst looking thing. But then then again, you know, Gavrikov did look great in uh, in LA, right? Um, so I think there's an argument to be had. Who's the better defenseman? And that's also not how you should be evaluating these trades. Uh, yes, so, that's the
1: more important thing.
0: Exactly. Um, so that's that's a and that's a that's a and a loss, on from Columbus's point of view. You know, yeah, I think
1: in general, if if we if it's a given that Columbus is should be trying to get better, which it isn't, I think the trade's okay. Um, but but that's that's I'm making up rules, so I guess you've you've convinced me. I've now soured on how Yarmo did here, uh, but for the Kings and for the Flyers, I give them both a big thumbs up. Yep. In terms of this piece of business, LA, you know, they had, they have to get rid of the, the Cal Peterson deadweight. And what they had to give up, they give a second round pick, you know. That one's, all, you know, too bad, I guess. Uh, and Sean Walker and Helga Grands. And the thing with Sean Walker is, uh, I don't know if you had taken a look at the LA Kings depth chart, especially on, on defense recently, but over the course of the season, even, they have a, a real logjam going on right D. So much so, Sean Dursi mostly playing the left now even though he shoots right and on the right you still have you know drew Doughty, matt roy um you had sean walker there now you st- and you still have you know prospects like brant clark and jordan spence who are really knocking on the door possibly nhl ready right now so it really seemed like sean walker was the odd man out um and honestly at 2.65 that's like maybe even a, a little bit rich for someone who's like, you know, been playing on your bottom pair mostly. So I don't know if you're even too sad to see him go, especially when you might have even better players about to take his spot. Um, And Helga Grant's similar thing because he's also a right shooting defenseman and there are, like, at least two right shot defensemen about his age in the Kings pipeline who are definitely better than him. So I don't think the Kings are going to miss him uh, very much at all. So really they got rid of a few, you know, like, valuable but yet expendable pieces to dump a bunch of cap on the Flyers, gave up a second-round pick, and then uh, cleared up the cap space, uh, most of which they have used to extend Vladislav Gavrikov. Right.
0: Um, yeah, so we'll move to that in a, in a moment. Uh, but, yeah, I agree. The Kings, this was uh, in terms of a cap dump, I think it was, what, they they saved $3 million when you compare the $2 million on ProRov and, like, the $5 million on Peterson. And, uh, I think that's maybe even slightly below market rate in terms of clearing cap space. You know, a second, an okay prospect that wasn't even really filling a need within your franchise, uh, and and a depth defenseman that you weren't really using. Uh, I think, yeah, that's it's a it's a nice piece of business by the Kings, and uh, yeah, clearing up cap space it's tough. People, everybody wants it in this in this economy, uh, and the Kings did well <laughs> to get it at a reasonable price. Yep, uh, and as for the Flyers.
1: I mean, Ivan Proverov, uh, you know, like sucked this year. And, you know, brilliant team doesn't really like him very much, you know, for, for obvious reasons. They get rid of him. They get a first round pick. I think this signals Danny Briere is uh is in it for the rebuild. Um and now, you know, you got uh what what's their defense look like? What do we have here? We got like Travis Sandheim, Rasmus Ristolainen, Cam York, Sean Walker, Nick Sealer, Tony D'Angelo. That might be their six as it stands. <laughs> Which is is bad, real bad, um, and I it feels like the the one the weird thing with the Flyers though is it feels like I mean in a way John Tortorella is like the face of the team, and he's had he's even said a few times like oh, yeah this yeah we're not gonna be good anytime soon you know we're in it for the the long haul or whatever and it feels like his job is so safe in Philadelphia they're like this is our through the thick and thin. Uh, and it feels like they think, or at least that Tortorella, the way he talks, he's like, yeah, I'm in here through the rebuild, through all the dark years. And then when we finally lift the cup one day with all our prospects having graduated, I'll be there too.
0: Yeah. That's, that's the deeply unfortunate vibe coming out of Philly. Eh? Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cause otherwise, you know, if you're, if you're a Philly fan, I think this is, this is promising in that, you know, they're willing to throw in the towel and actually rebuild and go to the party. You need to get a whole bunch of nice assets, you know, the first, a couple seconds, a prospect. Maybe you can flip Cal Peterson if you can rehabilitate him and then retain a bunch of money. Uh, who knows? Uh, but, uh, yeah, th- this is all overshadowed by the dark cloud that is John Tortorella, right? So, yeah, I think that that they'll really see the light the day he gets fired. Um, but unfortunately, That does not seem to be anywhere near the horizon uh, for for Philadelphia.
1: Yeah, And then right after the Proveroff trade broke, then right away it was, oh, now the Flyers are talking about Carter Hart. Stay tuned. This was reported credibly by, I think, multiple people. So everyone was kind of, you know, waiting for it to happen any minute now. Carter Hart's going to get traded. It still hasn't happened yet. I feel like if they were, you know, seriously talking to teams about it, it, uh, it probably will happen pretty soon. Or maybe it was just one of those things where, where, uh, Danny Briere was really in a phone call mood and he started, you know, talking about Carter Hart and then he, you know, nothing happened. And he was kind of just like, it was just, yeah, he, he passed an afternoon talking about Carter Hart trades. It's never going to happen.
0: Yeah. Who knows? Only time will tell, as they say. Uh, but yeah. Yeah. Another intriguing option on the goalie market is he at only 24 years old and $4 million. Um, that should be good. hmm
1: Alright, let's go back to Columbus now. Because I'm so fascinated by this Damon Severson sign in trade. It's honestly it's it's gotta be one of the most interesting transactions we've seen in a while, I think. And I don't think people are, are talking enough about how, how how interesting it is. There there are layers to this. Layer number right. one layer number one is that it's a it's a sign in trade. We, we I don't know if we've what was the last time there was a sign and trade? People talk about them all the time. This is not a trade and sign, which happens quite often. This is, the Devils are the only team allowed to sign Severson for eight years. So they sign him for eight years, and then, as agreed upon by all parties, trade him to Columbus right away. So this was, you know, of course, a contract signed by the Devils. And this is something that, you know, uh, what Columbus could have done, which a lot of teams do, is they really like Damon Severson, they acquire his rights from the Devils, then they would have like almost a month to negotiate with him, um, try to convince him to sign. And almost any time a team does that, the player's like, yeah, sure, I'll sign with you. Um, But Columbus, I'm almost certain, would not have actually been able to sign him to eight years in that situation, which is why it didn't end up happening. So either Columbus was so adamant in getting Damon Severson until he's 36 years old, that they, they had to make this, or that was the only way Damon Severson would agree to this, which is the, uh, the another possibility, that extra extra year of security. Um, and, cause, okay, because like, there are two more interesting layers I want to talk about this from. Uh, and one of them, sorry, I'm going to be rambling a bit here, is there's this whole narrative about players, they don't want to go to Columbus. Because Columbus sucks, and everyone hates it there. And so that's why Columbus always has to has to overpay their players, except Johnny Gaudreau, which was the anomaly. But that's why they had to give Zach Wierenski so much money, the Columbus, Columbus tax, because everyone hates Columbus. Same thing with, like, Patrick Laine. We were kind of like, oh, that's an overpay, the Columbus tax. And Damon Severson, here's another example. Like, well, that's clearly above market value for Damon Severson, especially since an eight-year deal and he's already 28 for, like, a middle-pairing defenseman. And now you're going to be paying him practically, like, uh, top-pair money and for forever you know um but it's the Columbus tax but the thing is Columbus if you if you want if you don't want there to be a Columbus tax if you want players to like playing for your team you have to not hire Mike Babcock that's the that's the issue it seems like can't help himself from doubling down on making Columbus a shitty place that everyone hates to play. That's what he's like that's like that's like his team identity. is like oh yeah, oh, yeah no one likes to play for the Blue Jackets. Come on down and play for the Blue Jackets, which is ridiculous. Yeah, I'll, okay, I'll, I'll let you talk now.
0: Yeah, I think no, there's there's something to be said about you know, you don't want to be the Columbus contractual obligations, right? Um, <laughs> yeah, and the Columbus we have to overpay you all to stay here, right? So, in that respect, you know, I think there's a lot kind of awry with the vision in Columbus. Um, I think, namely, yeah, I, mean, I think they're just, there seems to, they seem to have lost in the sauce. I mean, you look at that, you look at that Provorov trade, and it's like, where, where do you think you are as an organization? Or is no one really looking at where you are as an organization? Everyone's just kind of looking, you know, looking out for themselves and, and for their jobs. Uh, and I, yeah, I it, I can't help but feel like that's, that's what's going on. You know, it's just that there is... You talk about, you know, uh, considering such things as how do we make Columbus a more attractive destination for free agents and players in general. Um, it doesn't feel like they're considering such things. Uh, and it's more like kind of knee-jerk. Uh, okay, what what feels like will make us good immediately because I need to save my job. Um, and I think yeah. that's an indictment on, on Yarmo, uh, And I don't think he's... he's uh, yeah, he's not putting his organization in as good a position as they can be. Uh, yeah, through the, through the, through the trade, um, and yeah, with the with the with the coaching hire as well, um, and yeah, as, as to the point on the the sign and trade, I think that's that's maybe part of the tax. No, um, giving him that extra year maybe is 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 a part of yeah, you're giving him more money. Uh, where you know when he's thirty six, he is not going to be worth. $6 million, um, but you're overpaying him in the future uh, as a way to get him to Columbus right now.
1: Yep. Which is very often something that you hear said about long-term deals, which just blows my mind. all That it's all, all GMs, when they sign these seven-year year deals, they know it's not going to look good in year six and seven, but they just care about how it looks right now and how it's going to be in the present. And it's like, wow, that's dumb. That's so stupid to To find deals that you know is gonna be bad, but anyway, the other angle, the last angle I wanted to talk about this from, uh, was the that here's okay, I can tell Yarmolkevich thinks he's so smart for because he is getting a, a head start on the off season. I'm sure he thought of this in like November, or December. He was like, oh, you know what we're gonna do, while all the other teams are like waiting for the draft and like the typical. Flow of the off-season transactions to get going. We're gonna we're gonna be ahead of the game. We're gonna the Stanley Cup final won't even be done. We're already gonna have acquired our an entire second pairing. You know, so right now, Columbus, uh, they they got out ahead of things. They're the early off-season buyers. Our favorite UFA, Damon Severson. We're going to acquire him, lock him in forever before other teams even think about trading for his rights. And, you know, in general, I think it's a good idea uh, to plan ahead. Uh, And for most teams, I would think, you know, getting a head start on the off-season is not a bad idea. It really just comes down to the actual moves that you're making, uh, which, as we have uh, uh, expressed in this episode, we we are skeptical of.
0: Yeah. I mean, getting ahead of the curve means nothing if your moves are shit, right? If you're making your team yes. not good, uh, and that seems to be the vibe. Um, well,
1: on, on paper, the Blue Jackets roster is undoubtedly better than it was a week ago.
0: Right. But is that the best move for the long term? I no. would say no. Um, yeah, I think unquestionably, yeah. Are they upgrades? Yes. Is Ivan Provorov an upgrade on who the fuck they had last year? Damon Severson as well. Um, I don't think anybody can say no to that. Uh, but you know, in terms of, okay, this is a rebuild. We have a very promising pipeline um, and of people, and it's like, how do we maximize our contending window in four or five years? This is not the way to do it. This is just, I want to save my job right now. A few more quick hits before we get to
1: our, our draft. Um, number one, uh, oh, well, we didn't even mention uh, the Gavrikov signed. This, oh, this might not be a quick hit, actually, because this is very interesting. Yeah. Let's, okay. Okay. Um, What's interesting is this is a 27-year-old uh second pairing defenseman uh who wanted a 2-year deal. Uh whereas the <laughs> LA Kings wanted to sign him longer than that. Normally you would expect the opposite almost all the time for a player of Gavrikov's uh caliber and age. And he is he's so confident in, in himself. Uh and honestly I respect it. I respect how confident he is in his own ability uh to to think that Two years from now, when he's twenty nine years old, the cap will have gone up enough that he is going to get more money than he would have if he signed like, I don't know, six million by four or five years right now.
0: Yeah. This is it's it's so weird. Because this is the exact attitude you want from like stars. Like, you know, Austin Matthews, Connor McDavid, Cole Caulfield perhaps. Um but you know and you want them to you know take shorter term deals we feel like is better for them like you know we understand okay the you you're getting like 60 million 60 million dangling in front of your face i you know i get wanting to jump at that uh but in terms of securing like the maximizing your earnings uh during this this short time that is your career i think you know these short term contracts for these superstars that's what's best um and nobody really does that in the NHL. People do that in the ABA, but not not here, apparently. Except for fucking Vlad Gavrikov, of all people. Which, yeah, this is like the last guy you would fucking think would take this approach. The last, last guy. Mm-hmm. Not even in, within the last group, but really among the, the last people within that last group. Just because of how his kind of career has gone, gone so far. Where, you know, up until the season, Gavrikov's been, yeah, bottom four guy. Nobody thinks too, too highly of him. Then trade deadline hits, you know. Everybody fucking loves Vlad Gavrikov. And a lot of us are like, me included, we're like, well, what the fuck is the deal with Vlad Gavrikov? And everybody losing their minds. He's not that good. He is overrated. Um, and people, someone's going to overpay at the deadline and regret it. And LA paid a whole bunch to get him. Um, and lo and, and for behold. Yeah, that's true. But, you know, Gavrikov was a big part of that. And lo and behold, he actually is he's great. He's great in LA. He looks very much at home. It, but it is, you know, what, a third of a season plus, like, a series. Uh, and you would think, as you said, 27-year-old, you'd want to cash in on that. A guy who has not been the most sought-after guy, sought guy over the course of a career, his career. Sees a big jump in his stock. And yet, here he is, going for the two years at 27 years old. Um, yeah, I I think it's it's very interesting. He might be shooting himself in the foot. He might make himself a whole bunch of money. Um, I'm, I'm cheering him for him to maximize his earnings either way. But I just think it's, it is it is very interesting in that respect where it's like this is the last player you would think would really take this gamble on himself as we think the star players should.
1: Yeah, that's what, it's just really a risk which you almost never see players take. And it, I mean, it's 100% like a bet on himself. But that's also a bet on he won't get injured, you know, which is pretty unpredictable. Um, and I, what Gavrikov is probably hoping for, he keeps up his play in, uh, with the Kings. He continues to play as well as he did down the stretch over the next two seasons, and then uh, some team comes along, offers him like the Damon Severson contract when he's 29 years old. That's probably what he's hoping for. And at that point, you know, 6.25 with the cap having gone up, be more likely to get it, something like that. You know, um, but the downside of this for Gavrikov is is very clear to see because he could very easily even if he doesn't get injured revert to Columbus form become just okay become say the number 4 defenseman who then hits the open market at 29 and at that point you're lucky to get more than like a 4-year deal
0: right yeah no i think in 2 years we'll we'll have a very good idea um we'll, we'll at least we'll have a strong opinion as to in in hindsight was this a uh you know, a great or a bad move, I think. You know, well, it'll be one or the other. Um, and it'll be inter- interesting to track when this contract ends up expiring. Uh, yeah, how it ends up. Because this is, yeah, like you said, it's rare. We don't get to track this kind of thing so much in the NHL because players don't really bet on themselves. Um, so a particularly interesting case. Yeah, especially the tr- I think the career trajectory with Brad Gavrikov adds a little spice to it too. Um, this is not just a guy who's been kind of a, a steady, steady career path, steady opinion on him. Um, He really just took a jump this year and uh, ran with it. So we'll see.
1: Yeah, speaking of players not betting on themselves, how about Cole Caulfield? If I was him, I would have gone like, I don't know, a three-year deal, and then in a few years, maybe get a $10 million AAV. Instead, he locks in a bargain. Uh, was, was the number 7.85, is that right? Yep. That's right. 7.85 for, for eight years till he's about 30 years old. And, you know... The general consensus, almost unanimous, was, "Wow, that's a bargain for Montreal." Caulfield should fire his agent. Um, but then again, you know, I mean, well, I I, I totally agree with that. Uh, but the, <laughs> in terms of Caulfield's reasoning, uh, is like, I was meant Oh, well, I was listening to Puck Soup, I think, and it was brought up, uh, I think, by by Sean McIndoo, that there are some players who just hate thinking about contracts and having their their future uncertain you know for some players really just the dream is to be locked into one place for as long as possible and to not have to worry about negotiations or anything like that just to know where i'm living for as long as i can so in that sense if that's who Cole Caulfield is then this was a success
0: (laughs) yeah i guess so and i think there is something to be said for playing in a big market like montreal in terms of you know, you get to you get to, to pad those earnings, right? Uh, with all the yeah. the sponsorship opportunities and whatnot. Uh, and the like,
1: taxes and
0: you know, he's got yeah the ta- well the taxes are high. Here. <laughs> um, but yeah, that uh, was the joke. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. But uh, you know, he has his own fucking burger for crying out loud out here in Montreal at, from at McDonald's, right? Um, and that I doubt you'll get that if you're playing in uh, Columbus. So yeah,
1: there's no way there'd be a Cole Caulfield burger here in Montreal if he was playing in Columbus.
0: That exactly, but also even out there in Columbus, I don't think they'd make a Caulfield burger. Um, Yeah, because he's playing in Montreal. (laughs) Touche. Well done. Um, (laughs) Yeah. No. uh, But uh, yeah, I mean, and maybe he's a guy. He's a team guy, you know, and he wants to leave some money on the table for the other dudes, uh, so they can build a contender. I don't know what the fuck he's thinking. Uh, Yeah, leave some money for Pierre Luc. Yeah, exactly. I was like, I pay him nine million. Uh, but yeah, apparently, the, the, yeah, the the word going around is that there's an internal cap limit, and the cap limit is Suzuki. You can't make more than Captain Nick Suzuki. And yeah, that's nonsense. But apparently, they're adhering by it.
1: that's you know, whatever. Say, man.
0: And it's uh, nonsense
1: from the player's perspective. For if, if the team can pull that off and pull that ruse on everyone, well done. Honestly, like uh, the Bruins kind of did that for a while with uh, with Bergeron. Before McAvoy came along, it was kind of like you couldn't really deny it anymore. Tampa Bay, same type of thing, you know. It was like uh, with uh, Kucherov, like nine and a half. You know, then like Stamkos was eight and a half. Hedman seven and a half. You know, In general the great teams all have kind of like uh, that type of thing going on, whether it's explicit or whether it's like uh, just kind of this unspoken. Like you'll take a little less than market value, but if Montreal can say no one's making more than Nick Suzuki, and then Cole Caulfield divides by that. I bet you Pierre-Luc Dubois is going to abide by that too, you know, uh, and, and anyone else who comes along who might, uh, who might be deserving more than that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I think from a, from a team perspective, from the Astros, like, this is a, this is a fucking home run. Like you said, not only because it's a great value for Caulfield, but uh, yeah, if you can get everyone to toe the line, cause you got your two big guns already abiding by it. Uh, this is, this is the line that we draw. Then that's, that's all the better for you as a franchise. And, and as you, you know, build moving forward. Um, and yeah, as stupid as that is uh, potentially for the agent and for, you know, the player side of things in terms of maximizing those earnings, it's, it's, it's great for the teams. Uh, and in terms of building a contender and uh, yeah, I, I, I think we all, we both agree this, especially in, you know, four or five years as the cap shoots up, this will be a fucking bargain.
1: Absolutely. He's going to win the Rocker Richard trophy very soon. No doubt. Yeah, uh, all right. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so time for our,
1: our draft soon. All right. Speaking of drafts, um, this is unrelated to the draft we're actually about to do, but next week we're probably going to do our mock draft, right?
0: Yep. Hard have hard. you done
1: any? Have you started your? Have you done any draft research at all of any kind? Preliminary
0: stuff, you know, just reading mock drafts mm-hmm. and whatnot, and getting a general idea yeah. of what's up.
1: You know, I find it's it's funny because, uh, the the more like. Uh, intense, I get I not know if intense is the right word, but you know I'm doing a lot of draft reading, uh, reading, watching video, listening to video, that type of thing, and it's insane. There are so many experts, people who are like really smart and who I really do trust, who have such wildly different opinions on players. It's you know because there's kind of this this uh, double-edged situation going on here, where. Um, Everyone is kind of watching the same thing, but no one seems to collectively know what actually makes a good prospect. Uh, and I feel like there's there's a surprising lack of referring back to history and being like, oh, this player is having a very similar draft year to that player who turned out well or who didn't turn out well. Because it feels like without looking back in the past and seeing like what worked, what didn't, what type of prospect turns into what type of player... It really does feel like everyone's just kind of swinging in the dark.
0: Yeah, absolutely. At that point, you're just you know the goalposts move every single fucking year. If you're not if yeah. you're not using historical you know history as a basis for your evaluation, uh, what what the hell are we doing here? You know, we're just yeah. Do you have a, you do, know, you have a do you have a top do have ten? Do you have a top ten you top can 10? tease
1: the listeners with? Yeah, do you have a uh, ranking not, in the works?
0: Not yet. No, I can't say I do. What Boo. about you? Yeah, my bad.
1: Yeah, I got my I got my list of, in the works. Yeah. Alright I got uh Any... he, all right, I'll share, share here's here's one thing I think. After lots okay. of thinking and thought, sure. I think I think Zach uh Zach Benson is better than Will Smith. And I'd rather take him. All right. Um I think that Gabriel Perot is a top ten prospect. Hmm. Um I'm, I'm on the same boat with that one. Nice. Uh and uh who and I also think Dmitry Simishev is a top ten prospect.
0: All right. There you go. There's your two. What do you think about that? For the listeners. Um Yeah. Okay, so let's see. What do we what do we have here? Yeah, so on Benson, um I from what I've seen so far, I uh I agree. Uh uh well, okay, wait, no, you said better than Will Smith. Yeah. Don't know if I take it that far. I think uh I think right now preliminarily I have him at six and Will Smith at five. Uh so See, I'm honestly thinking of dropping Will Smith to seven behind David Reinbacher. Okay, interesting. Huh.
1: Toying with it, but wow. Benson's my number five for sure.
0: All right, great. Uh, and on Perot, yeah, no, I completely agree on that. Uh, also high on Perot, and uh, on Simashev, I haven't, I can't say I've developed much of an opinion on Mr. Simashev. Uh, so uh, I'll, I'll look into that more this week, and I'll get back to you next week.
1: All right. awesome. there's there's our teas for our, our mock draft. All right. Time for our actual draft. No we're not doing any mocking about it. This is re- the real deal. It's starting right now. We're drafting desserts. The best desserts right. in the game in the world. Who has the first oh, pick? Yeah. Who won the Oh, we, we tied the last draft, right? Yeah. So who's I think so who's won, won first? the first floor? Oh oh yeah, so so you're you got the first pick again.
0: Yeah. Ah. Uh, this is uh this is tough, you know, because I really, I don't know where to go, if I'm being honest. Um, as a dessert, uh, do I want to go bra? I think, hmm, you can't go wrong with, a, you know, I'm tempted to take a certain category, but, hmm, this is, this is, I, do you, okay, so, do you, do you want to tease, do you think there's a runaway first place, in your opinion? Uh, absolutely not. There are tons of great desserts that are all about yeah. as good as each other. Yeah, it's it's tough out here. Um, yeah. All right, I'm going to go with uh. There there are no misses with this category. It's ice cream. Boo. Fucking love ice cream. Um, it's delicious. Honestly, you can eat it in any season. I mean, it's obviously best for the summer. Everyone loves a nice outing in the summer to go for some ice cream. It's the best. You have a nice waffle cone is, uh, is the number one choice. But even with a regular standard, I don't know. I don't know what the standard is. A regular cone. Uh, it's still delicious. There's so many flavors and I never really feel like I'm, you know, disgusted by ice cream. You know, there are certain,
1: <laughs> you gotta other... love that having the first pick. I never feel like I'm disgusted
0: by it. Well, no, I just think it's such a, it's such a broad variety of great flavors. And, uh, you know, whenever you go to an ice cream store, there's always a nice, a nice, uh, you know, a nice variety because that's what they base themselves on. There's something for everyone, and uh, we love a good... And even if there isn't, you know, I fucking love a vanilla soft serve. I could eat that shit all day, you know? So, so, yeah, there's the hard stuff, there's the soft serve, the swirl and whatnot. Ice cream is awesome. I think ice cream would have been a great first
1: pick if it didn't also include... The unfortunate experience of eating it out of a cone, because when what, I what are you talking when about? I go to, to Dairy Queen or or better yet oh. Wild Willy's, I always get mine in a cup, eat it with a spoon. I don't need that cone shit in my life. I don't need that bad that's, energy. The ice cream what? it drips down onto my hand, and then you gotta eat the cone, and it doesn't taste as good as the ice cream. And and it's just like, why would I ever want a cone? So that's included in your ice cream pick, and I don't like it. So there, ice cream. That's
0: that's wild. Not, That's you know. I'm a cone. No, I'm
1: not alone here. People don't like the cone. People do. People want the cup, not the cone. You,
0: you don't always need to fucking get the. They, I haven't. All these ice cream shops, they offer the cup option as well. It's part of the experience. Yes.
1: but so, you, your, your, your draft pick included the cone stuff. So I, am allowed to criticize
0: it. Okay, so fair then. enough. But who doesn't love? I a lot of people love the cone stuff. I love the cone stuff. The cone is delicious. It's a nice. It's a nice supplement. It's the perfect vehicle. All right, I. I'm gonna take cookies with my first pick
1: okay now I know what you're thinking Ty say some cookies are not very good and I'll grant you that some cookies are not very good but the cookies that are good notably chocolate chip cookies for example you know and the other the other other ones with chocolate in them um, you know the, the best ones of the other of bunch they make up for it and also, I think that when this poll goes on the Instagram and people see cookies, they will automatically associate that with their favorite cookies and not their least favorite ones. So I think that this will improve my chances of winning.
0: You know, I think the thing with cookies though is that it's just the the range is too narrow. You know, it's like there there aren't just there just aren't that many cookies, and <laughs> there's
1: so many cookies.
0: No, 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 no. You're just you're like you know. There's like there's chocolate chip. There's like peanut butter, and then what? There's like what? Now you're going to Oreos. That's all or you like need. Oatmeal raisin. That's disgusting. And like I don't. Who like needs Oreos, a
1: million so. different flavors? A, a good chocolate chip cookie. There's nothing like it. You know, it's a classic. Who needs a million different choices?
0: I do. Um, I with my first round pick. That's that's what I'm requiring. That's a prerequisite. Uh, I think. Real cookies. There's also something to be said about the the form of a cookie. It's uh, boring. It's a fucking flat circle, all right? Um, and uh, we don't love that. So, you know, so maybe a bit more volume, a little more form. Adds a bit of excitement to your life that cookies <laughs> just don't provide.
1: Okay, go ahead. Next pick. <laughs>
0: all right. Next, I will be taking um, a cake. We love cakes here. Just uh, cake- one, though. <laughs> No, <laughs> I bespoke. I, I will be taking no, That reminds
1: track. me, wait, that reminds me. <laughs> did you ever play that game next to the pool? It wasn't much of a game. It was a terrible game at the pool where like everyone would stand outside the pool except one person and everyone has to think of a fruit and then the person in the pool starts naming fruits and when they say the fruit that you were thinking of, you have to jump in the pool. Have you ever played that before?
0: Uh, yeah, I think so. In like a swimming lesson when I was like seven or some shit.
1: Yeah, yeah same here. I was swimming lesson, I was seven or eight probably and we're starting to play this game and there's one guy who had never played before uh who was I think a little older than me and the swimming instructor is explaining the rules she she's like okay so you have to think of a fruit and then he goes uh a grape <laughs> <laughs> and i thought it was so funny that he just said one <laughs> just one grape <laughs>
0: Uh, what a vivid imagination! You know, you know the yeah. only the thing in his brain was just a singular grape on a fucking table.
1: <laughs> yeah. Anyway, go ahead with you. why'd you pick cake? Why'd you pick one cake?
0: Uh well, cakes, cakes are, are lovely. You know, there's there first of all, there's a reason why it's the fucking go-to dessert for for many occasions Your your birthdays, birthday, your holidays, list, your weddings, your, your weddings. weddings. Yeah. Well, holidays do like a Christmas cake. And like what are you, you talking know, about like, Christmas cake. I well, yeah, what the fuck are you talking about? A log, you know? You go, uh, it's great. Um, you just and... made that up a
1: Christmas cake. I never heard that in my life.
0: You've never heard of a fucking Yule log? What the fuck are you talking about? What's a Yule? A Yule log? Yes, Yule space log. Look it up. It's like a fucking. I'm, okay, I'm looking it up on. right
1: now. You're making this up.
0: I'm not fucking make this shit but up. There.
1: Some kind of are you like the Pope or something? Like what's going on here?
0: <laughs> Yule
1: log, or or. Also called a Yule clog or a Christmas block. Jesus, Christ. It sounds like someone's constipated after Christmas dinner. Push oh, the <laughs> Oh, this looks this looks so gross. There's what no the way What are you talking about? This, it's delicious. It looks a like a log.
0: Yes, that's the bit. I don't know a Christmas why. Christmas block, man, that's ridiculous. A Christmas block. But blog. it's a good. Oh man, I can't believe you're hating on the Yule log. This will this will get a lot of a lot of haters coming your way. Um, oh I'm because, sure, yeah. Yeah, everyone yeah. Loves the time. Christmas block defenders of the of the Christmas block will will be up in arms. Um, but <laughs> yeah, like 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 I was saying, celebratory vibe coming from the cake. Uh, it's just and uh, there's so there's so many great varieties. Uh, that's why when it's your birthday, you can choose uh, to have a great cake because you know there's so many that you'll you're you're bound to pick something that you like. And you can't say that about cookies, because if I showed up and they handed me birthday cookies, I'd be like, where the fuck is my cake? Um, and if I showed up for a <laughs> wedding and they gave me cookies instead of the cake, I'd be like, <laughs> I wasted my time. Um, oh, <laughs> yeah, just cakes,
1: you know, the problem The problem with cake, and this is a, a significant problem with cake, which I probably wouldn't have taken this to like maybe the fifth or sixth round, Oh, Jesus is, Christ. That, is that it's so rare that cakes get the correct amount of icing, the icing to actual cake ratio. It's almost always way too much icing, and it, you're gonna end up either you gotta take like you know big forkfuls of icing, and then your stomach hurts, or and because I don't want to do that, because I don't want to to have a upset tummy, is I end up with a massive pile of icing on the side of my plate. Um, and this honestly, with 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 like homemade cakes, it's rare. It's uh, not as often an issue. But some, all the like the professionally made cakes, like the like, um, in New Jersey, I, I've been to New Jersey very, very often, I have family in New Jersey, and like that's where the cake boss is located, and he's, he's not, not like, and it's like the cake boss himself, you know, buddy, whatever, has like some different locations, and we've gotten some cakes from there, there's so much icing, it's like, why'd you put so much icing on the cake, same thing with wedding cakes. It's way too much icing. No one's gonna eat all the icing. But my 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 request to cake makers: be much more sparing with the icing. It should be a compliment to what's already there. You know, like a cake with too much icing. You know, is that's about like a team with like if you make the team with only leadership, then 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 it falls apart. Same thing with like the cake with only icing. So cake, a terrible pick third overall. My turn. I'm going to take brownies. Brownies rule the school. Who doesn't love a good brownie? Uh, and honestly, I've so rarely had a bad brownie, I can't even think of a time that that it's happened to me. Especially the, those brownies when you got, like, you know, little, like, chocolate chunks or chocolate chips in there. Add that little crunch. It's it's delicious. Maybe you'll sprinkle on some powdered sugar. So much you can do um, to, to accentuate the brownies. But even just a simple, just straight-up brownie with you know, no added flair, uh, rivaled by a few desserts. So there, that's my pick.
0: Mm-hmm. You know brownies are good. They're tasty. But, Aren't you, you know, like resident
1: just... brownie maker? Isn't that like your favorite pastime?
0: I don't know what you're talking about. You're delusional. I was sure you were going to um, take brownies. I honestly no, thought I so. It. I didn't then think during so. During the honestly.
1: pandemic, in 2020, weren't you always making brownies every week?
0: I don't remember this. I was making muffins every week. Um, back in the day, don't think I was really on the brownie train that much because they're kind of intense, you know? They're and they're uh there's not too much variation, you know? Like they, we love a good brownie. In, there, there's too much of a good brownie. Just, Why
1: you don't don't mess with the classics?
0: Well, you know, what if I want more? What if I want different cakes? You know, I can't have different brownies. We um, love a good brownie though. But I, I wasn't in the mix, and I was, I was hoping you weren't gonna take my next pick, which is uh, if you think there's too much icing on a cake. All right, maybe you should opt for a pie, huh? Oh uh, gross! Oh, I'm vomiting already. Just
1: thinking about oh, pie.
0: Oh, I you have no idea, break. man. I do hate pie. I tried, a, oh. I tried
1: an apple pie once. It was terrible. I was like, what? I'm never having that again. I, any I, I any I pie was like like the fruit in it. You know, the only what? pies I like, the only pies I like are the pies that are actually cakes that are just happen to be called pies. I'll manage those, but pies, you know. I man, I hate pies. Can't stand that's it. Ridiculous. That's ridiculous.
0: Oh my god, I love love a good pie. You know, it's usually the never had a bad pie. Well, that's not true. I've had. Really, I never had a good like, pie. Someone, someone fucked up a pie once, and you know, but it's a rare occasion, and it's very hard to do it. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about with this pie hate. I love a good pie, apple pie in particular, <laughs> obviously the classic.
1: You would say um, you love a good pie, you know me too, but there's no such thing. So.
0: Okay. Well, you know what? The, all the you know, apple pies tend to be delicious. You know the time No, of they year, tend to be the worst the pie. Small, I'm fucking eating pie. It's great. You know. Like Why good, would I eat yeah. an apple
1: pie when I could instead just have an apple or a cake?
0: No, because it's better, you know, like it's, it's better. It's the more than the sum of its parts. And then you have, uh, no, it's, it's uh,
1: less than, it's less than the, the quotient of its parts. That's what I you're think.
0: Comple- you're completely incorrect. Uh, <laughs> and you, you know, only yeah. So yeah. Uh, I rest my case. Like a little good berry pie, key <laughs> lime pie. Your case
1: is just me ranting about how much pies suck. That's all that's been happening.
0: No, my case is that pies are lovely. Um, and there's a broad range of pies, pecan pie. But who doesn't fucking love that?
1: It's the worst pick you've ever made. Cooked yeah. fruit is gross. Um, what? But now I'm going to take, honestly, something that is like cake but better, which is cupcakes. Cupcakes are excellent. Cupcakes are, they, unlike cakes, right. almost never have too much frosting. They almost always have the exact right amount. Sometimes you got those big cupcakes and, you know, they. They're, they're, you can eat them with your hands Unlike cake That's extra fun quality Notice notice that about Oh I, I just know All my desserts I've taken Finger foods All yours Boring You need like a fork or something To eat your ice cream And your cake and your pie Not me alright we're, we're, we're having fun I don't on, use
0: a fork To eat my ice cream off a of cone Like a normal person
1: Oh yeah, well that's the whole that's the cone. The cone's practically a utensil at that point. So, oh. you still still count. <laughs> you basically you're using the cone to hold up the ice cream, which is the main part that you're eating. So the cone's a utensil too. Anyway, cupcake, you can hold it in your hand. Sometimes you got those little ones and you can eat like 5 of them in a row and you don't even feel so sick after, uh, which is a very fun time. Um cupcakes, I don't have a bad word to say about it. It's honestly, it's cakes but in fun form.
0: No, it's cakes but worse, I'm sorry to say. I no. don't under, you know, it's like, it's like, it's like when you don't want to commit to a cake because you're a sucker, uh, who's afraid of commitment. And so you go <laughs> for the smaller version. All right. You go for a cupcake. And typically, you know, I find it much harder, much, much harder to find a good cupcake than it is to find a good cake. Um, go to any grocery store.
1: Even like those, those pre-made cupcakes. They're good. They're gross. They're they're terrible. What are you, what are you oh, talking about? Oh, come How on. You mind.
0: I do not you know, if like... If you think those are gross, those you'll
1: eggs. definitely think the pre-made cakes are gross, too.
0: No, they're, they're, they're better, you know? Which, uh, We just I made just, that I've up. Never, you don't even believe I've never, that. I've never had a cupcake that I, you know, I walk to a grocery store, or, you know, like, yeah, I go to a potluck or some shit, and, like, someone's brought the cupcakes that they that's clearly from the, it's still in the grocery container, plastic, whatever. I never take them. No, I'm, there's no... Well, the, you're you're an ally I'm always I'm eyeing those right away I'm like
1: I can't wait Until till dessert time I'm gonna have A few of those Little grocery cupcakes Can't no, wait No
0: no no Man that's not yeah. right That is yeah, not okay It's right And
1: the in other fact, thing The other thing That makes cupcakes Better than cake Is that Every time you want cake You gotta take out the knife And you gotta cut the slice And you gotta put it on your plate And it's like Wobbling over on the knife And you're like there's a chance It's gonna like fall everywhere You'll get the icing sure. You know Off And cupcakes Don't have to worry about that Just crack it open And you bite in simple okay
0: all right now you bring something up about the cupcake you know the more you talk the more the hole the bigger the hole you're digging because uh look cupcakes a mess to eat they're a fucking mess to eat i don't know why you say oh crack no open, they're not all of a sudden- they're easy oh god also part of it so so part of it is they're too fucking tall right because of the icing and the cake it's like i have to take a big bite but apparently i have to fucking unhinge my no, jaw bite from the bottom like you can snake. only
1: bite from the top oh you don't have to it's not like a hamburger no, no. you don't have to go okay like-
0: okay In which case, now you're only getting, like, you're not getting the the, the full, like, uh, complement of of the range of things that we want. You know, I'm only, want I'm taking a fucking bite of icing. Uh, So I take a very unsatisfying bite of icing. Not well, he's taking okay. a bite of
1: only was... icing on the cupcake. Well, okay,
0: fine. So, so, But I'm saying it's so fucking tall out here that, like, you know, I take oh a bite God. of the fucking icing and now I can only have a bit of cake. Or I take a whole fucking bite of cake. That's one thing. Second of all, you know... I
1: don't know what cupcakes this, this are speaks, that envisioning, this, but... This,
0: this speaks to the poor architecture of cupcakes, first of all. you can't <laughs> That you don't see with cakes. It's just that... The, the, the icing and the cake are, are very separate, right? They're, they're clearly tiered, whereas the cake, they can be more integrated. You can have layers if you're having a good cake, you know, layers of cake, icing, cake, icing. So, you know, every bite, is like, it's like a symphony, you know? Well, fucking cupcakes, all right? You have the icing completely separate from the cake, and it's like you can only have one or the other. It's not separate. It's small
1: enough that it's one symphony together.
0: No, no, th- that's the problem, right? It would be great if it was a symphony together and it would be a bite-sized symphony, but no. Are you
1: instead, saying you want it's... a cupcake with icing in the middle like a like an icing-filled uh, muffin? Because that would be gross. That's what you're arguing no. for right now. No, I'm fucking,
0: I wa- I'm fucking saying I want a slice of cake. <laughs> that's what the fuck I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Who the fuck? I don't want no fucking jelly-filled fucking cupcake, all right? I just want it, all right? A cake slice, all right? All right, no so how
1: are you possibly going to defend your next pick of jelly-filled cupcakes?
0: I mean, I mean, not a fucking chance, you know. Um, and uh, you know, it's just man. Yeah, that's the real point. It's not even that they're hard to eat. Well, they are hard to eat, but it's really like why the fuck are they so separate? Like they're not integrated well. And not, it's like, that does not. What for cupcakes are you thinking? They're not yeah.
1: separate. It's just it's right on top of it. You're just right but all at once. They're, they're, <laughs> they're, they're making separate. this into a bigger deal than it is.
0: No, 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 no. In terms of the eating experience, you know, they're not like there's not layers upon layers. You know, like the integration is seamless, like with a cake all right oh, it's like Jesus. I'm, I'm eating Spare me the of romance oh god <laughs> it's not the romance it's a, it's a pragmatic thing it's deeply pragmatic <laughs> and tied to my eating experience all right like it's like oh man they're they're separate all right they they come apart and it's like oh god it's just not okay um and yeah so cupcakes and also cupcakes are just too like they're either too small there's never like a perfect size cupcake right it's either too big to the point where you know you can't eat it um or it's a difficult time eating it or it's like it's just it's tiny and like, I love the small ones. I
1: love the big ones. No matter the size, it's it's beautiful to me. Fucking delusional.
0: Um. All right. That's that's deeply disappointing for you. Uh, I think. Next up, I will be taking. Hmm. There's there's a lot to go off here. Uh. But uh, I think I'm gonna go with like pastries. You know. Fucking love. It. Oh. Oh man. That's that's
1: so gross. Oh man. What are you all? Oh God. What, I, I literally don't speak. like pastries. Ask ask my family.
0: I'm not. A, I hate pastries. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not doubting that. I think. I just think. They're just great You know Like uh, There's Who doesn't love a good pastry man It's like the 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 buttery Pastry You know know the problem is
1: It falls apart You're talking about like Like things being messy to eat Like Pastry's the messiest food You take one bite It flakes everywhere All over the place All over your You get your pants dirty And it's just Not a fun You gotta take a shower after It's It's not No fun
0: Okay, talk about hyperbole, mister. Uh, with the with the sh- nobody needs to take a shower, all right, after post pastry. <laughs> all right, if anything, you need a shower after eating the cupcake, because now <laughs> your skin is all stained with the cupcake icing. Um, but like, oh, no, you know, no pastries. Stain, t-
1: skin t- skin stained, Jesus. They're delicious, anyway. all right?
0: Pastries are delicious. You have so many different ones, you know. You can have a, a classic croissant, you know, all those other Danishes. Danishes are wonderful, you know, uh, they're just delicious. And you can have a cannoli. You can have eclairs, all the different, you know, European fucking white countries. They all contributed for some good pastries. Thank you for leaving me
1: with the easiest slam dunk picks of all time. I'm going to take the, the, uh, the cousin of the cupcake, the muffin. I love muffins. Uh, uh, okay. They're similar to cupcakes. They don't have icing, but very often they make up for it. With other fun things like chocolate chips or you know, maybe some you got like a, a banana muffin, an apple muffin, all different kinds of muffins, uh nearly as much variety as ice cream, and I don't even care about variety that much, but you seem to, so I'll throw it in there. And yeah, muffins are and if you're worried about like the tiered system that like cupcakes are on a a symphony and harmony or whatever, well then I I've solved that problem with the muffin. So
0: okay. there you go. Muffins are boring. That's the real issue here. All right. um, Nobody's fucking cheered for a muffin. All right? I've cheered for a pastry. I've cheered for, you know, a good cake. I've cheered for a good pie. <laughs> Everyone cheer for ice cream. We all well, scream for I have ice cream. I've cheered it's for a good sick. pastry. <laughs> <laughs> all right? I don't, I don't, muffins are fucking boring as fuck. Now, first of all, I would like to say, muffins are better than cupcakes. But that was a very low bar to cross. All right? uh um, they just—they're just boring. That—that's really the issue here. All right. You know, if uh, you're gonna—if
1: be- you're gonna invoke—if you're gonna invoke like famous sayings, then I feel like I have no choice but to—to to remind you of "I cry, you cry, we all cry" because I have to eat
0: pie. Okay. You know, I'm famous within perhaps your one-person bubble, but I have. <laughs> That clearly has something. No, never has anything be, been clearer as fiction than this nonsense saying. <laughs> um, all right, just just boring pick, you know. And, and to have cupcakes and muffins like that in the wrong order too, uh, sitting atop your draft team is honestly kind of depressing. Um, next up, I you know I really thought I I kind of regretted taking pastries because I thought you would take this and then I, I maybe you wouldn't have taken pastries. You know I didn't think there was a chance you'd take pastries. But maybe you would have taken the fucking donut, right? Um, And then that would have been a problem. Uh, Because that's that's my next pick. I thought you were going to go with donuts. I thought when you said slam dunk, I was like, oh, fuck. Should have taken the donut. Um, You know, we we love a fucking donut. Uh, Actually, I just had some donuts yesterday. Got them for cheap off of this food-saving app from this great donuts place. You know, and especially when you reheat them, it's like, wow, that is delicious. Love that dough. Love the, the tight. It's never too much icing. You know, you have some good icing on there. Um, and even the, the non iced ones are great. I had a jelly filled raspberry jam filled donut. That was the home run. Uh, and yeah, so you can have the glaze, the jelly filled. Who doesn't love crispy cream? I think, yeah, that's, that's, that's all I'll say. Just, they're just wonderful.
1: Yeah. The idea of donuts is nice, but almost every time I eat one, I I, I finish and I'm like, that's it. Like that was it. Like that wasn't that exciting. That's how I feel about donuts. And honestly, just now, when you were talking about like, oh, I can't believe you didn't take this. I'm gonna get in my mind I was like, Oh shit, I can't believe I forgot about banana bread. He's about to take banana bread. And oh, you Jesus didn't Christ. So now I get to take banana bread. Woo! Did you forget about banana bread? Sounded like you did. No, I,
0: I, I didn't forget about fucking banana bread. You could you, I don't want to take banana bread. I went to take that with my 11th round
1: pick. What do you mean you wouldn't take it? Everyone loves banana bread. And you can have chocolate chips in there too. Honestly, <sighs> this is at least as good as Honestly, if I could redo this draft, I'd probably take banana bread and then Muffin. Because banana bread rules. It's so tasty. It's so sweet and fruity and, and, and you know, soft and crunchy all at the same time. Never had a bad banana bread in my life.
0: Kind of boring. you know, Kind of like the Muffin. cause suffer from the same... And you know, a downfall. Man, I'm uh, destroying
1: you in this draft. Let's see if you can no, make it up, not. make up for it with, yes, I am. Wrong, Go ahead make wrong, your last wrong. pick. Uh,
0: you're completely incorrect. The banana bed, while tasty, uh, just does not, so does not have the same fanfare, uh, or excitement fanfare. as the other ones. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I said it. Um, okay. Uh, next I will be taking, uh, let's see. What's, what's a good, it's a good fucking dessert. Hmm. Custards. There we go.
1: Oh, is, oh is... that rhymes with mustard. What are you thinking?
0: <laughs> okay, shut the fuck up. Is, is your only rebuttal that it rhymes with something that you're not pleased with that I actually Honestly, have to I've like... never
1: even eaten custard. I don't know what it's like. Okay, but like, I'm
0: thinking like creme brulee. That's like a custard dessert. I'm thinking like mm. flan. Another custard. It's fucking good. Custard cream. Delicious. Man, you know,
1: I, I took a risk. I took a risk here. That. This, that, but uh, there was something I was targeting for the last round. I was crossing my fingers, you wouldn't take it, and you didn't.
0: Okay, so what the fuck is with
1: my, with the last big of the draft, I'm going to take fruit. I get all the fruit, all the, all the, <laughs> I get, you know, bananas and, and grapes and strawberries and, and all that good stuff, watermelon, all the fruits, and, you know, honestly, if it's like a big meal or whatever, and so you got your organized dessert, it's or a special occasion. So you got, you know, all this, you know, the, the the cake and the cookies and the brownies and all these things that we've drafted. But if you don't have the fruit there, it's lacking. You need to have that illusion that something you're eating is a little bit healthy in order to actually feel good while eating the dessert. And that's where fruit comes in. It's a key player. When you got a big dessert in a big group and you don't have the fruit there, the whole thing crumbles to the ground. I'm so glad my calculated gamble paid off and I got fruit on my team. And I think this should clinch my victory beyond reasonable doubt.
0: You know, I gotta say that yeah, it's, a, it's a good pick. I think you probably should. You know, I'm looking at your team, okay, your team, not my team. I'm looking at your team, and that's you probably should have taken that like four rounds earlier if that's how you were gonna rank things. Um, but I wouldn't. Have it's taken not a fruit. ranking. It's a team. All my all my
1: my fruits are not all my desserts are of equal value now. They're all in one okay. squad together. Sure,
0: fair. But if you really, you know, in terms of of the quality that you you secured. You know, fruit is higher than cupcake. So what you're, than what you're trying
1: to argue, what yes. you're trying to argue is, even knowing that you didn't draft this thing that I wanted throughout the entire draft, I retroactively should have drafted it earlier anyway.
0: Yeah, because you know you wouldn't have. That makes no made fucking sense. Fool. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: I made myself look like a fool. You're the one who didn't get fruit on your team. I'm the one who got fruit, fruit on my team. I'm, said, the, I'm the smart one here. I thought Taisei is not going to take this 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 pick, and I was right. I'm the genius. I don't know what you're talking about.
0: Okay. But look, fruit fruit solid. Albeit boring. Um, and uh, you know what? Yeah, your your team suffers from boredom. That's there's there's no celebration. Oh here. oh
1: come on! You got pastries. What's more boring than a pastry and a custard
0: and a pie? I okay, love pastries. Uh, I'm excited as hell. You know, you, you present me a dish with great pastries. That's like, I'm I'm floating on thin I'm floating on clouds here. You know, like. Wow, what an event. You catered this correctly. All right? Oh, man. Um, You know, you present to me a platter of fruit, and it's like, you know, I'll I'll eat a couple. But, like, you know, you you couldn't have have pulled out the big guns. You couldn't have pulled out the nice slice of pie or some ice cream. Look, think about it. Someone has an ice cream machine at their event. Fucking incredible. Oh, you know, actually, last year. You know, someone has a brownie
1: machine at their event. That's more incredible because that doesn't even (laughs) exist, so...
0: No, but so I a platter of fucking brownies. It's like, yeah, you know. Actually, last year, um, I was working, and at my workplace, there was uh, a, a day where, like, the the office that was hosting us, they hired like a fucking ice cream place. All right, it was like a specialized, bougie ass fucking ice cream place. That was my best day at that job because the ice cream just fucking blew my mind. Cause it was so good, <laughs> just incredible ice cream. I blew fucking my ma- blew my brains it was, it was out. Fucking incredible. All right, corporate ice cream. All right, it was crazy. All right, it was just. It was great, all right. It was like that like fucking balsamic fucking vinegar on that shit, and I was like, I'm eating it oh, up. It was like strawberry ice cream. It was like fucking mint. It was like I said, it was fucking bougie as fuck, all right. T- non traditional, delicious ice cream. It was crazy, yeah. in my mind.
1: Yeah, they put sea salt on my mint chocolate chip. It blew Honestly, I think my they might have. ears off. They put salt. Oh, good, gross, terrible. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> hey, remi- actually, I, I just realized why I thought of salt. It's because there was a funny story. Um, uh, one of my friends, uh, who you know, uh, we were like at one point eating ice cream together when we were like, like kids, we were like ten, yeah. and just like at- in my house in a bowl, and she like pretended to pour salt on it, but then accidentally actually did pour salt on it because the salt was open and there was a bunch okay. of salt all over her ice cream. She was like, "Oh, maybe it'll be good," and she took a, a spoonful and then she spit it out because it was gross. Great story. Who could have seen that coming? You know. Um, so that's why the ice cream pick sucks. You can't put salt on it.
0: Oh, oh, oh god damn it! All right, yeah. I'm okay, kidding. let me allow me to pour teaspoons of salt on my fucking grape, huh? See how that turns out. Um, It'll but, slide right you know, off. It'll slide right to, off the to, grape. To that point, uh, if if they were if we had uh, that work workplace event was they put out a platter of fucking fruit, I'd be I'd be greatly disappointed. I will say that. And if it was custard, I would have been. I very appreciative. If it was donuts, I would have been very appreciative. Muffins, I would have been kind of underwhelmed. Pastries, I would have, I would have been very happy. Uh, so you're I just saying that's... that
1: because because those things are on your team and my things are on my team. it's no, not very it's hard to see
0: through. It's my <laughs> it's my legitimate opinion. Is also oh, I'm the other. sure side it is. I'm sure it is.
1: All right, let's recap these teams. On your team, we got ice cream, cake. Not not ice cream cake though. I guess although that would fall under cake. It, anyway, it, ice cream. It is under my purview. Cake, yes. pie, pastries, donut, and custard. I've got cookies, brownies, cupcakes, muffin, banana bread, and fruit. So there you go. I let everyone else be the ju- judge. I honestly, when we finish these drafts, oftentimes I feel like our teams are close. Not this time. I wipe the floor with you. My team eats yours alive for dessert. You
0: say that every you say that every fucking week. What are you talking about? No, I don't. Oh, yes, you're you lying. Do. I'm not lying. You do say that. Uh, you, you, you have such a firm conviction onto your beliefs Um, every single no, time I we do the draft. There's no chance
1: okay. people are going to be voting for pastries and custards. No chance.
0: Right. Well, people need to vote Uh, and and tell him off for his uh, his ego and his audacity to believe that such a, a route is impending. Um. Okay.
1: Okay, yeah. sure. We'll see. We'll see how things turn out. Anyway, that's the end of the episode. Very long one. Almost two hours. We really got into it this time. Um, yes, we thanks did. for listening. Diffusion. We'll be back next week. Not only will we be doing a mock draft, and probably we'll be talking about how Vegas finally won the Stanley Cup.
0: Hopefully not. But
1: this it will be our final show for a long time. Because, uh, yeah, Ta- Taisei is going away. We're going to be taking a break. Hope you can survive without us for a month or so. Any final words?
0: Uh, Don't forget to hit subscribe. Yeah. Continue to listen. Go check out our Instagram. Vote on this poll that'll be up in a few days as to who won. Um, And do all those engagements to boost our activity stuff, stats, and whatnot. Nice. The end.